Just do it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Danielle McCartney. Sports Radio 1019 FM. The fan. WFAN. Good evening on this Saturday evening, New York sports fans. I'm Danielle McCartney. McCartney before midnight. Suggesting the mic here. Here we go. I'm talking all things New York sports with you right up till 2 a.m. on this Saturday evening in New York City and beyond. Whatever you're doing at the moment, I appreciate you tuning into the show now throughout the rest of the evening, early morning. Whether that be on your car radio, streaming from WFN.com or on the free Odyssey app. And of course, we're here in the Big Apple. Paulie Rosenberg and I are coming to you live from the Carton and Roberts, Mike Francesa studio here in Lower Manhattan. Go ahead, start dialing your phones at 877-337-6666. Of course, a reminder, taking your calls right here in this first segment. And before we kick anything off, I better see you at the Tiki and Tierney Giants tailgate just exactly 12 hours from now. Reds and Carlstadt. I won't be walking through my door until after 3 a.m., so you have no excuse. Let's go. I can't wait. I've been I've been counting down. It just so happened. I was just telling Paul that my friends and I, we were like looking at the Giants schedule. I'm like, all right, which game do you want to go to? Which which game do you want to buy tickets to? And kind of look in, and we kind of settled on this date. And then I was sitting here on a commercial break one day, and uh, it said about the Tiki and Tyranny tailgate for this date. And I was like, well, that works out pretty perfectly. So... Yeah, man, I'll be there. And so to baseball, we're going to switch up. We'll do football a little later in the show, usually how it, how it works here. But um, free agency is wide, wide open since Thursday at 5 p.m. And, you know, I didn't exactly know how to start off the show tonight. I was like, do I start with the Yankees? Do I start with the Mets? So being the host of the people that I am, you know, I put it to a Twitter vote on Friday night, at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, and uh, just wanted to pull you and ask you what you wanted me to start with. And uh, it was I, I usually do, like, these instant gratification polls, 15 minutes, whatever. This one I did, like, three hours. Would you believe it? I actually laughed out loud as I refreshed the screen and the results came in, and it ended in a 50-50 tie to start with either the Yankees or the Mets. And you can go look for yourself if you don't believe me. So that left me exactly where I started. So thanks for nothing, Twitter voters. I'm just kidding. Um, But do we open the show by talking about the trailer of the Meredith Morakovitz and Hal Steinbrenner interview that the Yes Network dropped with his most recent comments on Aaron Judge's free agency? Or do we kick it off with a team that has actually already made a big free agency splash. Well, put on your ponchos, WFAN listener. Here we go. You know, the New York Mets hit an absolute moonshot blast home run in locking in Edwin Diaz. My priority number one for the team this offseason. It absolutely needed to get done, and I'm surprised with how fast it did get done. Edwin Diaz was priority number one on my list, and and I'm sure uh, on number one for all Mets fans, you know, in the area and beyond. I mean, 
I talked with uh, John Franco at uh, Derek Jeter's Turn 2 Foundation Gala. I guess it was, I don't know, two weeks ago. And and, and some of the stuff he's going to say, it's, it, yes, we've already, you know, have the outcome of those things. But I asked John Franco what, what his priority number one was or should be for the Mets this offseason. Here's what he had to say. Uh, Mets offseason, a lot of new faces potentially on this team. What should their priority number one be? Well, I think you always could use extra pitching, that's for sure. I mean, you know, with the uncertainty with the ground, uncertainty with Bassett. Uh, the bullpen is a couple of guys who are free agents. Diaz is a free agent, so you always want to get some pitching. And I know there's a big bat available somewhere in the city, so that would be nice too. But uh, we'll just have to wait and see what happens there. <laughs> Sounds like every Mets fan's Christmas list. DeGrom, Judge, <laughs> I mean, everybody. Yeah. Diaz? Well, we have an owner who's uh, willing to uh, uh, put it up, so... We'll see what happens. I want to be on the fan the day Aaron Judge becomes a Met. I think the radio station would burn down. I think uh, a lot of people would be happy about that. That's for sure. And for me, you heard what he said. For me, it was a no-brainer. It's Edwin Diaz. And, you know, record-setting, cost be damned. As John Franco just said, the Mets have an owner that will put it up. And did. So, sidebar here again, just so you're clear on where I stand with this. Uh, Billy Epler, I'm not a fan. Um, and and Steve Cohen for some reason has has publicly declared his trust in Billy Epler moving forward. Not me. To me, it's a bad idea. I mean, I, anybody can do anything with money, right? And Billy Epler is a guy who just he, he just n- missed the bullseye. Not just the bullseye. He missed the whole target at the trade deadline. So you're going to entrust. This guy, to bring back a, a core contingent of your free agents and a team with so many of them, I just think it's irresponsible. I, I just, I'm not a fan of the guy. But this was a perfect first move for the Mets. Anybody and their grandmothers could have figured this one out. And it was a good move for the league, really, because, you know, it's, it, it was the first domino to fall. I mean, let's get moving here. This is like a, a slow simmer. It's not a hot stove yet. It's a slow simmer. It's on the simmer burner, back right. Um. You know, it's a move, though, that that most everyone saw coming. So let's not go ahead and start patting Billy Epler on the back. Remember, money talks, right? I mean, all you have to do is look to the Bronx, right? And and you'll see the importance of a closer to a team. And the Yankees don't have one. They struggle. The Mets had a closer. They were almost unbeatable after 18, eight innings. I'm sorry, eight innings with that closer. His name is Edwin Diaz, and he's back. You know, the Mets never had a question mark at any one point in, in mid-September uh, about, about him. I mean, the Mets were, at one point, it was like mid-September, as I just said. It was like at one point, they were, just, they were 81-0 and when they were leading after eight innings. Mid-September, the Mets were unbeaten. Once they handed the ball to Edwin Diaz, 81-0. He was lights out. He was elite. He was whatever adjective you'd want to, to, to use to describe him this past season. Look at the numbers. 1.31 ERA, a 118 to 18 strikeout to walk ratio. He was ranked, ready for this, in the 100th percentile in, in strikeout rate. An expecting batting average against, expected slugging percentage, expected ERA, whiff rate, and his fastball 
ranked in the 99th percentile. I mean, you could keep going and going and going. Edwin Diaz was the answer. And they did it, and they did it fast with, with, with swiftness. And so congratulations to the Mets for locking up priority number one for them, Edwin Diaz, already this offseason. So we'll see what happens beyond this. And, you know, before he signed, the Mets had seven relief pitchers that, that they were about to lose to the open market. And Edwin Diaz was one of them. And, and the most valuable, I might I add. So they, they kicked off the, the total bullpen rebuild by bringing in Edwin Diaz, bringing back Edwin Diaz. It, it was just a flat-out no-brainer. And it, you know where I'm going with this. Now what? What's next? What is the next thing that the Mets have to do? What is priority number two? They've locked up priority number one. So what is priority number two for them? Of course, we'll get into that. And so I come to you, and, I, and I'm looking up some some tweets here. Uh, nothing great about the Mets just yet. At Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N, of course. You know, the Devils, nine in a row. Nine in a row for the New Jersey Devils. Crazy. They beat the Coyotes uh, at, at Prudential Center just a little while ago. 9-0. I mean, nine in a row. Nine in a row for the Devils. They haven't lost since I had Ken Danico on here last week. They haven't lost a game. And I got to tell you, back to Edwin Diaz for a second, we were in the coaches club at MetLife Stadium after the game, after the Jets beat the Bills. The notification came through on, on, you know, on, on my phone, of course, and I was, you know, what my friend that I was with, he's a Met fan. And I said, Jason, let's just sign Edwin Diaz. I mean, people in the coaches club all kind of were looking in unison at their at their notifications and people were like high fiving each other and everything. So besides the Jets beating the Bills that day, I mean, Edwin Diaz signing back with the Mets was the second best news ever. So an exciting day that was last Sunday. And before we go to your calls here on, on this beautiful spring-like Saturday Saturday night in New York City, it's Veterans Day weekend, and I know Veterans Day was the 11th yesterday. However, um, I wasn't on the radio yesterday. I'm on, I'm on the radio today. So just want to say happy Veterans Day as I sit here tonight in a T-shirt that has the design of an American flag, but where the stars are supposed to be. There's a home plate outline, and inside of it, it says, Home of the Brave. Get it? So, you know, I just want to say a heartfelt thank you for, for keeping us safe at home and abroad to our veterans and those who are still active military. And, you know, not just to the service members themselves, but to their families, to their friends. And, and of course, they, in their own way, kind of serve too, right? Military families kind of go through it too. So... Um, you know, I was at the Jet game last week, as I mentioned. It was Salute to Service Week. 
uh, for the Jets. Tomorrow, it, it, it is it for the Giants. So that's cool. It's my favorite week. And we saw before the game all the service men and women in uniform and showing off all kinds of aspects of their military careers, which is cool to see. And the one that we really liked was the truck that allows you to control with it looked like a it was a, a Logitech PlayStation controller. And it's what they actually use pretty much. It's it's it was an IED robot, you know, finder, you know, IED finder robot thing. It was when um, the, the robot actually was outside the truck and we were inside the truck and we were kind of trying to defuse the bombs and stuff. It was pretty cool. It was it was pretty cool. And, you know, I, I hope for the same when I come to MetLife Stadium for the giant game. Um, they're having an F-18 flyover before the game starts. And I just love flyovers. So, again, I just want to say take this time to say thank you to all, all, all of the brave service men, service women that fight and have fought for our freedoms, you know, in the past and, and currently. So Paul's giving me the break sign. Okay, so we will do that. And um, we'll talk uh, about the Mets and, and where might a new contract stand for Jacob deGrom, what the other prior- priorities are for the team moving forward. And, of course, your calls at 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till 2 here on The Fan. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. All right, who's going to run this town tonight or this season? Mets or the Yankees? As we've got a fight going on here in the Rangers-Predators game. 2-1, to one, Nashville over the Rangers. This is a good one. Ryan Reeves is getting into it, man. These are two big boys, too. This oh, is, I believe baby. this is Ryan Reeves and Tanner Janot. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's Tanner Janot. Yep. And they're Jeanneau still going. Janot is a monster. And obviously, everyone knows about Ryan, Ryan Reeves. Reeves. The enforcer. The enforcer. Oh, oh this oh. is beautiful. <laughs> Look like a heavyweight battle. We got some haymakers. Ryan Reeves, of course, the winner. I think in that. Oh yeah, he's uh, he's now celebrating on his way back to the penalty box. What a guy! Oh I love, yeah, I love hockey. Now the Rangers are down two one six minutes left in the third. But besides that, hockey's wonderful. I love hockey. And that, the, that, the the Devils that was a, a wagon right now. Nine oh, yeah. in a row, biggest winning streak I think since oh seven. The Rock was sold out tonight, like 18,000 people there on a Saturday night. Impressive stuff from the Devils. Of course. Really good. Jump on. Jump on the bandwagon. And, of course, we could talk quickly, quickly at 877-337-6666. We will go back to the the Mets and some, some Mets baseball talk here on this spring-like 61-degree November night. Welcome back. I'm Danielle McCartan. So, by priority list for the New York Mets in this order. One, Edwin Diaz. Check. Two, Brandon Nimmo. Three, Jacob deGrom. Four, Trey Turner. Edwin Diaz for the reasons I outlined before. Uh, Two is Brandon Nimmo because I think he's a fantastic player. He morphed himself into a a plus defender, defensive center fielder. He gets on base. He does all the little things right. He's a force at the top of that lineup. He sees a ton of pitches. Um, especially when he's paired with the, the one-two punch, which speaking of fights and punches, one-two punch, him and Starling Marte, I mean, ideal at the top of that lineup. Get it done. Trey Turner was number three for me, um, but because Bassett rejected the qualifying offer, 
I, there's more of a need for pitching. So DeGrom slides up to three, Turner's four, and Turner just, he's a complete and total package uh, type player. He does everything right. The one thing is I do know he is not too keen on moving from shortstop. He wants to go back to being an everyday shortstop. So that kind of leaves the Mets kind of out of it because Lindor's not going anywhere. So um, if they could make a way to, you know, convince him to play somewhere else, like probably, I wouldn't move him to the outfield. I'd probably say second base, move McNeil over to the outfield, whatever, whatever you got to do. I mean, Trey Turner's it, man. But he was priority number three for me. But because of Bassett, you know, three is now to ground. All right, 877-337-6666 on this mishmashy kind of night. I love it. Let's go to uh, Justin in Deer Park is going to lead us off tonight. Go ahead, Justin. Uh, first of all, Danielle, it was great meeting you at the game last week. Yeah, you too. I'm glad we got it got it, got, you know, got it worked out and the section and everything. Yeah, it was awesome. My thing, two things. Matt, I got to say you got to prioritize resigning DeGrom right now because it looks like he could be bolting. I mean, it could happen. I don't know. You had Mark Connor come out and say that, no, he, he likes staying here. He wants to be here. Um, I I don't think he's going to – I don't think he's going to go anywhere. I really don't. Me neither, but I think that's the number two got prioritized before but, someone else blows them out, makes an offer that blows you out of the water. You know what I mean? You know, th- there's going to be a team that blows DeGrom out of the water. You know that, right, based on the history and the Cy Youngs and all that. It's just a matter of, you know – is he going to take it, and how close are the Mets going to be to that offer? That's um, the thing I, I don't need to know. Also, another point, Jets defense after that game. I've heard it from a fan. Someone, I forgot who it was. They said, do you think the Jets can make a deep run in the playoffs with that defense? Mm. Yes, I do. Defense travels. Defense wins championships. This Jets defense, Justin, we saw it last week at the game. The Jets' 100%. corners are locked down numbers one and four in, in passer rating against in the league. I mean, come on. The Jets' defense is is elite. I'm going there. It's elite. Yes. 100%. The, the defense won the game against Buffalo. Was it for that defense? I mean, is it, it, is it Justin, is it not reminiscent of the Mark Sanchez AFC Championship years? Dominant I'm defense, genius. control the game, score when you need to, keep the other team off the board. That's the formula. Yes, 100%. I'm seeing it. Hope they can do it. I don't think they'll win a Super Bowl this year. It's possible, but they're getting closer. Yeah, I mean, they are. All right, have a good night, Daniel. Oh, yeah, Justin, thanks. You too. I mean, you want to talk about the Jets and the Jets' What a surprise this Jets defense has been. I mean, elite defense from the front four to, to the to the, the secondary. I mean, everywhere in between. C.J. Mosley is, is, is crushing it in the middle. I mean, this Jets defense, there's not enough good things you could say. There's not enough stats that can quantify it. I mean, this Jets defense is the best I've seen in, in what, in 10 years, right? And, oh, yeah, and here's the thing. I was talking about... Oh, the Sauce Gardner jersey. I have an update for you coming up in a little bit. What did did I buy it? Oh, should I have bought it? Is it a good investment? Talk about that coming up. We've got Linda in Forest Hills though next. Linda, you're up on the fan. 
Hi, Danielle. How you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Um, I just want to talk about the Mets, please. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> as far as your priority list, um, yeah, I would, I would put uh, Brandon Nimmo and Jacob Degrom. I would, I would flip flop them because, okay, uh, I've been hearing a lot of Mets fans this week, uh, sort of, sort of being down on Jacob Degrom, um, saying that you know he doesn't have it anymore. Um, he gets hurt a lot, which is true, but, um, I just like to remind my fellow Mets fans, um, the Grom has an 87 and 52 record, but that doesn't include his over 30, no decisions. Mm. That's insane. Mm-hmm. And in those 30, no decisions, his ERA is less than one and a half. And that just speaks okay. to like the Cy Young. Remember when he was going for the Cy Young candidacy, and people yes. were pointing to his record, yeah. and like, no, 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 mm-hmm. it's it's not. It, don't look at the record. And the Mets don't score runs for him. That's the thing. And that's the problem, exactly. And, and um, I'm just I'm just saying they they have never scored runs for him. Mm. Maybe if they had scored runs for him, he'd really be in hall, of, you know, Hall of Fame uh, discussion. Right. But I'm just saying. Maybe, maybe if he does want to leave, it's not because it's probably not because he hates the city. It's because, yeah, the team, the the guys in front of him have never scored for him, and because they've never scored for him, he'd have he's had to pitch his butt off, mm-hmm. you know, you know. And what happens when you have to pitch your butt off? Odds are, the way he pitches, he's going to get hurt a lot. Yeah. You because know, every inning's a stressful inning. You know, there's never like a cruise control button on on, on him seemingly when he pitches. Exactly. Yeah. Never. He can never relax. He always has to pitch with with stress. There's. It's always a stressful situation. Mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, who else is out there? If you want to tell me Carlos Rodon, yeah. Um, I'll take him in addition to Degrom. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, exactly. In addition not, to. Not in you know. Not instead of yeah. So yeah, I'm with you. I w- if I were other if I were Mets fans, I'd I'd really think about this. But then you got to look at too, Linda. Uh, you know, you're going to have Degrom making what Scherzer money, Scherzer making Scherzer money, and then Rodon making Scherzer. It's like how much are you Danielle, willing to invest in that pitch starting pitching rotation? I I've said this, and I'll and I'll continue to say it. Mm-hmm. It's not my money. It's not other Mets fans' money. It's Steve Cohen's money. Mm-hmm. Okay, and this is and if and if this team wants to exercise the stench, so to speak, of the Wilpons, yeah, do it, do it, do it. And you know what? Aside from Degrom and Nimmo, this team still needs bats. Yep, still needs power bats. Especially Behind, at the bottom uh, third of that bottom third of that order, it's like uh, okay, let's like close our eyes and pick who's gonna hit sixth, oh. seventh, and eighth. And ninth. Yep. James McCann and Thomas Nito. Um, wow. Yep. Automatic outs. Yeah. Well, guess who's um, a free agent? Wilson Contreras, I believe. Bring him in. Bring him in. Bring him in. You know, they talk about the, the, the luxury tax. And it, it doesn't matter. To me, as a fan, <laughs> I'm not about the money. Of I course. See it, my, I want to see my team win. Yeah, of course. Whatever, whatever it takes. I won't say I want um, Aaron Judge because Aaron Judge is a Yankee, <laughs> you know. Well, not so currently. I, 
Not right now. He's well, not. Well, yeah, but you know, I'm sure Yankee fans are on pins and needles regarding him. But um, yeah. Get the, get the priorities done, Danielle. Yeah, Linda, I'm with you on that. And and when you look at um, the point that she was making, Jacob deGrom and the scoring of the runs for him and all that, there's a neat number, like a neat, like tidy number that's called a fielding independent pitching, FIP. Um, and it's a stat that kind of, the definition says, this stat measures a pitcher's effectiveness at preventing a home run, a walk, a hit by pitch, and causing a strikeout. So it's basically that whatever the pitcher has control over, they quantify it in a neat number. It's not dependent upon the fielders. It's just the pitcher to catcher and batter kind of thing. So you look at um, Jacob deGrom for his career, career, his nine-year career with the New York Mets, his FIP is 2.62. Okay, you know, maybe that doesn't mean anything to you, but when I tell you 2.62 on the scale here, it's it's considered excellent, the highest, the highest mark. He's got an A, basically. He, you know, I teach during the week. Guy's got an A in fielding independent pitching. His ERA plus, which is taking you know ballparks into consideration and kind of out of the out of the equation, his is a, a, a one fifty five for his career, his nine year career. It's a one fifty five. So that means he is fifty five percent better than the league average. I mean, we can go on and on and on. Jacob Degrom is a fantastic pitcher. I mean, it's must see TV when he's on. I mean, you kind of try to pick your Met game that you want to go to. You're like, um, yeah, he's probably going to be pitching this day. Let's get tickets, right? So, I think, I think it may, maybe you do have to flip flop Nimmo and, and Degrom on the priority list, especially Bassett bolted. He's not worth what he's going to be asking for. Uh, so we'll see. And the order that you called, of course, Sean in Wilmington. Does that say North Carolina, Sean? Hey, Danielle, how are you? Hey, are you in North Carolina? I am in North Carolina. Very cool. Yes, man. Joining us on the Odyssey app. Thank you. Hey, no worries. Yeah, you know, we got a lot of transplants all over the place, so everybody's everybody's spread out, right? Sure, yeah. Um Brian Cashman. Look, I wanna I don't wanna beat a dead horse here. Mm-hmm. But what has that guy done in twenty years as a to produce a position player outside of Aaron Judge? What is he, who is he, you know, he bought the World Series in 2009. Yeah, with okay? Jim Stick Michael's team, his, his development. And he built, that team was built on Stick Michael. Mm, I know. And, you know, he, he signed some good free agents back in the 90s, you know, David Justice and, you know, Tim Raines and, you know, Paul O'Neill. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know who was directing him to do it. Maybe he did it on his own, Chili Davis. Um, but... The core was developed by Stick Michael, and you know I I agree with Tierney and uh, Tiki. Tierney especially says that he doesn't have the right to rebuild this team again. Yes, and you know I agree with him. He doesn't because he's because what has he, his track team, record shown? He hasn't made a World Series. There there there's teams that have never even sniffed a World Series that have been there more recently than the Yankees. Two thousand nine. That's that's eons ago, and before that. When was it? 2001, right? I mean, come on. Exactly, exactly. And with all the resources he's had. All the money. Listen, that, yes. All the money. That kid on the Houston Astros, the Pena kid, the shortstop, yep. that they brought in to replace Carrera, played with my son's friend. My son played uh, college baseball the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And that kid played with played on the University of Maine, up, up, up on 
the time. I mean, in Siberia, yep. they picked that kid out, Pena, and uh, you know it, he was he was playing in at the University of Maine in the middle of nowhere. Yep. So I mean, you know, and I and the Houston Astros have, have done it with uh, recycled players and and uh, you know Verlander, guys that, you old know, man Verlander. Yeah, exactly. And we've developed nobody. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know, I know, Cashman's job probably isn't in the scouting department, but he oversees the scouting department, doesn't he? Sure. I mean, the development of the players. Sure. Isn't that isn't that part of his duty? I'm sure to, it is. to develop players. Yep, and, and and you look okay, Sean. And thanks for calling. You point to okay, Judge. Okay, Sanchez was a total bust. I mean, he's not even on the Twins anymore. They didn't even want him back. Uh, Torres. Okay. Uh, he's an he's a nice player. I'm trying to go around and look and see in my mind's eye, you know, and that's that's about it. And Jeremy Pena, the one thing I will say about Jeremy Pena from the Astros shortstop, yes, he's a rookie, but he's 25. He's 25 years old. So, you know, you've got the the young Yankee shortstop, Volpe. I mean, they're not 25. Volpe, let's see. Anthony Volpe, age. He's 21. And Oswald Peraza, age. And that, that makes a big deal. Peraza's 22 as of June. So that makes a big deal. I mean, that's five, four or five years more maturity, of course. Um, so, I don't know. Um, since we're talking about the Yankees and Brian Cashman and all that, I, I did want to talk about this. And, of course, I, you know what? Let's go to this. Can we take this giant call real quick? Yeah, give me a thumbs up. All right, Jonathan, Parsippany, go ahead. You're up on the fan. So I, I just wanted to talk about like Galladay. Sure, he's playing. And we paid him a whole hell of a lot of money. Mm-hmm. He hasn't done nothing. Yep. And now, all of a sudden, he's active. And, he, and he's not. I did want to talk about. <laughs> I I think he dropped his phone, Paul. He he hung up. I couldn't understand him anyway, but uh, pro- I don't know what he was saying. He was saying something about Galladay and the non-production from Galladay, which is true, and all the money the Giants which is accurate, paid for yes. him. Yeah, it's all true. But then he, I think he just, if he calls back, we'll get him back on. But he just, I think it dropped off of his ear, and then he grabbed it and hung up. I didn't. I know don't that. know if the phone call dropped or if the phone itself dropped. I think the phone because you heard like a like a yes. <laughs> I heard a car door open, the dinging of a car door opening, and then that was it. Oh, man. Well, Kenny Galladay. There you go. There you have it. Kenny Galladay. You know, I, I did want to talk about this and, and I um, this this notion. And last week got a little crazy. So last week, I know we dissected pretty much every angle of that Yankees season and press conference. But something else, too. I'm not ready to let this go. I need to tell you about it. I've got a problem for, with this Yankees mental skills coach. And and the response that Brian Cashman gave to Carton and Roberts, this was like, I don't know, 10 days ago, I guess. But they had him on. He, he Brian Cashman gave a, a response to Carton and Roberts that bothered me too. So I'm Daniel Carton. We'll talk about that next right here on The Fan. But before I go, I got to tell you that if you're on your way home from the Islanders game, Zach Parisi sent you home happy with, a, with a, the game winner in overtime. 
from the UBS Arena. So Devils win, Islanders win, Rangers unfortunately just lost in Nashville. Two out of three ain't bad, right? I'm Daniel McCartan with you till two here on The Fan. We need your second opinion. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. You know, last week we dissected. I'm Daniel McCartan, by the way, with you on The Fan till two. Last week we dissected every aspect of the Yankees season and press conference. And I know Carton and Roberts had on Brian Cashman. And they asked him very pointedly about how the Yankees coaching staff circulated this video of the 2004 Red Sox beating the Yankees video, the only team down, three games to none, et cetera. You know the whole story. It was a great question. It needed to be asked. But Brian Cashman's response bothered me. Again, Brian Cashman, the smartest guy in the room, told all of us little peons, he said, quote, our mental skill skills coach, Chad Bowling, who is considered best in class. Honestly, I turned it off at that point. I actually, I, I, no, not that I turned it off. I, I, I tuned him out. I don't know what the rest of that answer was because I got stuck on a mental skills coach being best in class. Best in class? I mean, forget about that stupid circulation of that stupid video that I know members of that Yankees team did not like. Let's look at this season alone. If Chad Bowling is considered best in class as a mental skills coach, then why couldn't he get Aroldis Chapman to believe in his fastball again? Or at the very least, to buy into the team philosophy for the postseason. The guy just split. He went AWOL. No buy-in at all. If, if, if this Chad Bowling, according to Brian Cashman, is, is best in class at what he does as a mental skills coach, then why couldn't he get Josh Donaldson to change his postseason approach at the plate instead of swinging out of his cleats and swinging out of his helmet every single at-bat? No mental adjustments were made. And, and, and if Chad Bowling is the best in class mental skills coach that Brian Cashman says he is, then, then then why couldn't he get Garrett Cole to calm down about and deal with these minor inconveniences throughout the course of a game? I mean, these are literally right off the top of my head. A best-in-class mental skills guy definitely would be able to solve these issues. And that's the problem. It's a common thread for all of these years since 2009 and before it, Every one of these press conferences, when, when you know, it, it still has not worked itself out. Brian Cashman, in particular, he is the smartest guy in the room. You know, you, you hear the sarcasm in my voice, right? The guy is the smartest guy in the room. He knows better than anybody else. You know what? I got a, a message for you. That whole mentality, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's not working. It's just not working. Come on. Can't evaluate a homegrown talent. Can't evaluate any any uh, starting pitching. I mean, really. And clearly can't evaluate a mental skills coach either. Uh, Jason in Waldwick, New Jersey. You're up on the fan. Hey, um, how's it going? Always love uh, when you're on the radio. Thanks, Jason. Um, I wanted to call in to address the Mets fan that addressed 
the Yankee fans is waiting on pins and needles on Aaron Judge. Mm. I'm a very long-time Yankee fan. Uh, I am over Aaron Judge. I accept, you know, you have this denial and acceptance. <laughs> I accept yeah. that he's leaving to go home. The stages of grief. And I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with the money we're going to save. I think that I think that he let it be known that he was going home, and maybe that had something to that funk that they went into in late July and August, and the team kind of just, you know, kind of lost it. I think that um, Wait a second. Harrison Let's Bader, back up. Let's back up. Yeah. How, how did how did you how do you know how do I phrase this question? When you said that everybody kind of knows, he kind of knows, he kind of hinted. What do you mean by that? I just have a feeling that it, it leaked out to the team. I think his mind was made up like long ago. I think he knew he wanted to go home. I think he's going to sign with the Giants. I think that's where his heart is. He grew up a Giants fan, big Barry Bonds fan. I think he's going home, and I think that that may have gotten out and may have, um, you know, gotten to the team. I don't know. No, I mean just the thought. That that whole bizarre trade, right? Jordan Montgomery for Harrison Bader. Yeah. My thought is Harrison Bader was brought in as the replacement, as the face. Local guy, Bronxville. Makes sense. That's the only thing that made sense about that whole trade. It was very bizarre at the time. Right, because they already had a center fielder in Aaron Hicks making a ton right. of money on the roster. But here's a good-looking guy, young, local. It just... He's the the picture that's going to be on the Yankee tickets. I guarantee it. If if Aaron Judge leaves, which I think he is, betcha Harrison Bader's face is on that Yankee season ticket cover page next year. Well, at least Harrison Bader showed up in the postseason. Judge, unfortunately, he did. did not. He did. Very, very true. He did. And you were saying something else? Uh, no, that was it. I, yeah. I just okay. um, I'm I'm over it. So I'm not waiting on pins and needles. Whether he's if he goes, I'm okay. If he stays, I'm okay. Um, I liked him. Thank him for his service as a Yankee. He's been great. He made it a very fun season to watch. But I'm okay with his personal decision if he decides he wants to go home. I'm not going to boom when he comes. Uh, isn't it bizarre? I think the yes. Giants are Open at Yankee Stadium opening day. That's yeah. right. You think yeah. they did that on purpose? That that was oh, an accident? Come on. Absolutely. Come yeah. on. That was definitely planned. Definitely. Whether he goes there or stays here, that game is going to be a nationally televised game. Absolutely. So, all right. So, the five stages of grief. Denial. Yeah. Anger. Third one is bargaining. Yes. <laughs> then you went through a depression phrase, and now you've never <laughs> five acceptance. a little depression when they were eliminated, yes. Yeah, and now and it's the acceptance phase. I'm accepting of it, yeah. <laughs> well, there you go, Jason. We'll see what happens. Yeah. It's going to be, a, like I said, it's not much of a hot stove. It's more of a slow simmer going on. Yeah, right definitely, definitely. All right, well, thanks for the call there, Jason. Appreciate Thank it. Thank you. Yep. Well, we'll have to wait and see. Um, <laughs> it's funny. Seven, the five stages of grief, angry, denial. Like, denial, no, nah, he can't be leaving the Yankees. Angry when he didn't perform. Bargaining of like, well, maybe he'll stay if he breaks the record. <laughs> and there's the depression when they get eliminated and he didn't perform well in the postseason. Stage five acceptance. I've, uh, uh, um, I, I can uh, commiserate with that. Let's go to Lou in Astoria. You're up next here on the fan, Lou. Go ahead. Hey, how are you? Great. How are you? Okay. Listen, a quick point on the Mets, and I go to the Yankees and, and judge. Okay. Uh, I know that Scherzer and, and the Grom had a chance to win one game. 
to put him in the playoffs, mm-hmm. I mean, to win the division. And they didn't get that accomplished. But I think the biggest problem there was the guy that, even yourself, that I wanted when Stanley Morte was out for about a month. If he was in the lineup, Daniel, I guarantee you that they'll be the one playing Houston. I don't know if they would have been Houston. And they got two great pitches, which is, I think they would have had a chance. That was what I thought that happened to the Mets, and they couldn't continue on, you know. So yeah, I mean, Starling Marte okay? was a huge missing he piece out of that MVP lineup. Of that team. He was the MVP. You see what the shortstop uh, did, you know. Which, I mean, he he just meshed. He was the chemistry of that team. He, he would have made a difference. I'm telling you, Daniel. I know, and, I know and, that and you know what else, Lou? He 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 lengthens that lineup too. A lineup with you know Nimmo one, Marte two, yes, or flip flop yes. them. Then you've got three, four, five, six. He, makes, he, he came into that it. team and became the 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 really piece that they really needed, the puzzle that they really, they really needed. Yes. And quickly, as, as far as the Grum is concerned, I mean, I think that he's just bluffing. I think he just mentioned Texas because. He's very upset, just like Judge, that somebody that's older than him and he's a better pitcher is making more money than him, mm-hmm. and he has to be, be an approach to make at least even the same or more money than this guy is making because he knows he's better than him. Well, that's right. And, I mean, and why I mean, did he pick the Texas Rangers to say that he'd be interested in signing with them? Because well, they have you know, the money. That's, that's just value. You know, it's increases value. Right, you know, of course. So, you know what I'm saying? That he's not alone. Of course. But I think he's going to see, uh, still be the match because the owners, like George Steinbrenner, I don't know if you remember when Bernie Williams, I don't know if, you, if you're young enough to remember, Bernie Williams was going to the Red Sox. And yes. our great GM, which I hate, okay? Yep. Oh, told him, no, he's not worth it. Let him go. And, they, and, and George step in and say, no, he's not going anywhere. I'm signing him. He's back with my team. Mm-hmm. I'm the boss here. Yep. And the same thing, if you remember, happened to Alex Rodriguez, which... The, this guy, the LGM, oh, my God, I thought he was going to be gone. I thought he was going to quit with, it, with that press conference. He told him, Alex Rodriguez, I'm not going to give him 10 years. And you know what? Actually, the, uh, George stepped in again said, no, he's coming back. And you know what? He saved the GM's job by winning 2009. Otherwise, mm. he would never have had a championship that he really created himself and made the team to do go forward. And you remember what I, with, uh, uh, Jeter, when he embarrassed Jeter, just like he did Judge. Mm-hmm. Listen, here's $7 million. You're a free agent. You go test it. Test it. Yep. Go, go find out if any other team is going to give you more than that. Yep. And you know, Jeter, uh, Jeter's uh, uh, agent, I wanted 20, 20 to $24 million. That was a lot of money anyway. But let me tell you something. I know you love Derek Jeter, but if Derek Jeter, when a guy does that kind of money, 20 to $24 million, with another team, even though the Yankees is his love, believe me, money talks, he would have been gone. What yeah. do you think? Well, Lou, uh, I don't know. If he got the money, maybe, potentially, yeah, maybe. But I know that I had, uh, I talked to a Super Bowl winning New York sports player, and he told me that when he was done with our one of our New York teams, that he had an offer from another team to go continue playing for more money and all that. And then the wife said, okay, great. And he was like, yeah, but it's 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 in Florida. She was like, oh, no, we are not moving our kids to Florida. That's it. And then his career was over, done. So maybe, maybe not. Uh, I would think Derek Cheater would probably have stayed a Yankee for a life or, or retired, not being a Yankee, I think. Anyway.
we got to hit a break here. So 877-337-6666. Jonathan, I see you. Hang there. He's back. I'm, I'm dying to know what happened to his phone. Maybe it died. Who knows? Jonathan, stay there. Um, and 877-337-6666 is the number to get aboard. I'm Daniel Carton with you till 2 here on The Fan. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Carton before midnight here on the fan in New York City. We got some Hardwell and Paulie R on the ones and twos. I told you before, and I'll say it again because I'm very excited. In in we gotta get this beat drop. Hold on. We gotta hear the beat drop. Here it comes. Ready? There it is. Paul, thanks for that. You know, months ago, Hardwell is my favorite, by the way. Months ago, I, I was looking to buy some giant tickets, a few of my friends, and we're all adults now, so we pulled out the calendars, and we were like, all right, uh, which Sunday works for you? Uh, not that one. Not that one. I got this. I'm going on vacation, this and that. And uh, we we settled on Sunday, November 13th. That game would work for all of us. We bought the tickets. Cool. Then I'm sitting here one night, and I hear on the commercial, it's like a Tiki and Tierney tailgate at Red's. Uh, November 13th. And I was like, wait, 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 that's when we're going. So guess what? I'm going. Cause why not? We had tickets anyway. And, and I mean, the jet game on Sunday was, was fantastic. Jets bills. Fantastic. But the one thing, the one thing we took Uber home, right? And, and we had the coaches club seat. So after the game coaches club, the food stays out for another hour. So now it's like 5, 10. We kind of get kicked out of there. Not really, but they close it up, right? So we have to leave. Okay, and then we kind of dilly-dally around outside the stadium. We can't find where to pick up the Uber. Whole thing. We waited one hour for the Uber on his phone. He had it on his phone. The guy was coming. It said nine minutes. Nine minutes, eight minutes, seven, 13, 11. And then it ended up being one hour. And we watched the guy drive by by accident, I guess he missed the entrance into the Uber pickup area at MetLife Stadium. We watched him miss it, and then he canceled on us after an hour of waiting, okay? An hour. What a disaster it was. And and it was like 6.15 by this point. It was just a – if somebody listening right now can fix that, it was a disaster. So because of that abject disaster trying to get home last week, I was planning to go to Reds anyway. Before, after the game, you know, it's kind of like the the secret spot, you know. And now that announcement just made it that much more fun. We'll take the red shuttle to from the game, which I've done plenty of times in my life, including to and from the Power Rangers live at the IZOD Center when we were kids, right? So Reds is, Reds is such a good place, a hidden gem. And I cannot wait to see you, the WFAN listenership there, Reds, Carlstadt, just a few hours from now. We are planning to get there exactly at 10 a.m., and then I also got invited to go to another tailgate. And then I just got invited to another tailgate. So we'll most likely be on the shuttle around 11.30 a.m.-ish. So get there early. And I've had my number 10 blue Eli Manning jersey with the captain's patch on it hanging on my closet door all week. I cannot wait. Shorts, sandals, and green last week. Layers and blue this week. And I love it. 877-337-6666. Jonathan in Parsippany is back. What happened to the phone? Did you drop it? 
I apologize. I was on my way home. And did, did the call uh, drop or the phone dropped? I, I think the call dropped. Oh, okay. I'm okay. home now. Okay. So I wanted to talk about the Giants. Yeah. So my, my question is, mm-hmm. so Kadarius Tony. Yep. He didn't play. Then all of a sudden he was hurt. He was hurt. Then all of a sudden he, he goes to the Chiefs. Now he's playing. Mm-hmm. I don't get it. Um, That was a case of um, probably fit. Probably attitude, um, you know. It's just it, to me. To me, that's a guy that came here to New York. Um, I had questions about his commitment from the beginning. That that first weekend I was on after the draft, I committed. I questioned his commitment to, to fo- the game of football, not just the Giants, but the game of football. Maybe he's found it again in, in Kansas City. Maybe uh, I mean, wouldn't you with Patrick Mahomes and, and a perennial Super Bowl contender? But oh, I told yeah. you, I, I warned everybody, all every Giant fan listening. I said, listen. When he goes to Kansas City, he's going to look a lot better than he ever did with the Giants. Just be ready for it. Just be ready for it. And look. And the the other thing I wanted to question about is is Galladay. Mm-hmm. We paid him a whole heck of a lot of money, oh, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. He hasn't done anything. Yeah. They question him, and and his answers like. It's if if I'm paying him that much money, then I figure like he's he's gonna be K Tao to whatever, and and it it just doesn't feel like that. He's hurt. he he too. He's another. He's hurt. Is he hurt? Is he not really hurt? Uh, he's supposed to be suiting up and playing uh, on Sunday. Uh, you know tomorrow, but I'm crossing my fingers. <sighs> I mean, I, you know what? I said to my hairdresser, I was like, Kenny Galladay, anytime touchdown scorer? And he was like, no, don't do it. <laughs> so, I don't know. Listen, listen. Every, everybody's saying Daniel Jones is this, Daniel Jones is that. But give him a chance. Right. That's what I'm saying. You know what, Jonathan? That's what I was kind of kind of uh, thinking about, too, you know, yesterday. They, they didn't go out, and surprisingly to me, they didn't go out and get any sort of wide receiver help at the trade deadline for Daniel Jones. I mean, if this is the year that you're evaluating this guy, whether you want to keep him or not, and he's throwing a practice squad wide receivers, his most targeted receiver is his running back. There's a problem there, and yet they're still six and two. Still, still, yeah, and they 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 shouldn't be six and two except for the fumbles. Well, you are what you what your record is, you know, and, and and the Giants, despite Daniel Jones throwing to like okay Slayton, fine, but otherwise practice squad receivers, Wondell Robinson, a rookie, the whole thing. I mean, they're still six and two. True, and and listen, I appreciate you, and I, and I appreciate uh, your view on everything else. Yeah, thanks, Jonathan, and, and and I get the frustration with the Giants wide receivers. I get it. I'm too frustrated with them. Like, if this is the year that you have laid out on your blueprint to say, okay, we need to know if this quarterback is the real deal or not. Are we going to offer him money or not? And the trade deadline comes and goes, and you had Chase Claypool for a second rounder, and you didn't make a move on it? To me, that doesn't make any sense. Let's see how many targets Kenny Galladay has in this next upcoming game. Let's see. Let's see how many catches he has.
it's a knee, it's a this, it's a that. And, and I, too, didn't like his answers at, at his locker. Just, just keep your head down, do the best you can, earn your spot back on the team, and play hard. Play the game. That's it. Let's go to, um, in the order that you call, let's go to Eli in Washingtonville. You're up next here on The Fan. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, um, listen, Daniel, um, I'm a Yankee fan. Before I get to the Giants, my Giants point, mm-hmm. listen, you just have to, you have a Yankee hat, right? Yankee fitted? I do, yes. All right, well, I'm telling you is to go to your local uh, embroidery shop and just write Fire Cashman just <laughs> right across the two, the two NYs. I'm telling every Yankee fan, to try, let's try to make this trend and see if it, if it uh, goes anywhere, but anyway, uh, it's not going anywhere. I mean, they they would not have sent him to the <laughs> owner that the uh, the GM's meetings if he was going somewhere. They would not have done. Listen, you know exactly what's going to happen. The same thing gonna, over and over and, again, Eli. I have a good no, idea. No, okay, with the judge situation. Oh, he's going to probably sign Rizzo to try to entice <laughs> the judge to come back, and judge is still going to sign somewhere else. I'll tell you, that's a typical Cashman move. That's what's going to happen. I do think that back- yeah, Rizzo and Judge, I do think, are some sort of like a package deal. But I don't think Rizzo would sign knowing that Judge might not. You know what I mean? <laughs> but I, I don't know. I, that's a typical move that always happens with Brian Cashman. Either that or he's going to overreact and sign a whole bunch of guys that, that, that are like has-beens or anything like that mm. just to put t- uh, people in the seats. I'm telling you, this is going to be a disaster. If he doesn't sign back, like, I'm expecting him not to. Yeah. If I was him, and I look at this team, and I look at this ownership, yeah. and their love for, for 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 Brian Cashman, I'm leaving. And how how like, they leaked the, my, my contract, personal contract details out to the media early in the season. I mean, how the fans booed me, uh, X, Y, Z, all this stuff. I mean... How many times have they made it so close to the World Series and they just haven't gotten there yet? I mean, I would want to win. I don't. I, I. I'm with you. Maybe he doesn't want even want to come back to New York. Maybe not. Yeah, like this. Presti- Listen, the prestige of being a Yankee is over, and it's all Cashman's fault. <laughs> it's all Cashman's fault, and the prestige of the pinstripes is over. And Brian Cashman is so solely responsible for that. Oh. Well, the sign branders, because they, they keep on having this guy there. But yep. anyway, to my Giants point, mm-hmm. listen, what Daniel Jones needs to do, or what the Giants need to do, is ha- learn how to treat Galladay like they did in Detroit. This guy is not a great uh, speedster, right runner. Just throw the ball, and he catches the 50 50 ball. That's right. That's his whole MO, is that 50 50 ball. You know, that that's him. That's his bread and butter. And they haven't been putting him in a position to do that. You're right about that. Yeah, so, and, and like, like I'm saying, they didn't give this guy a chance. You know, you know, they didn't bring anybody, you know, in the, in the in, like you said, they didn't bring Chase Claypool or no, or no other receiver. Nobody. Not even in the offseason. Listen, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm starting to think general management, sports general management, is a lost art in New York. I mean, because you have, I mean, you have that have so much money, and for our last championship to be, you know, the Giants, 
And if the Yankees in 2009 and, and the Mets being the disaster that they worked until now with this ownership and the Jets having, not having a quarterback for, for the history of the NFL, it's crazy. It's just nuts. I get it, but I, I, it's, you know, I, I love Joe Shane. I like what he has done with this team. It's only going to go up from there. Uh, you look at the, I mean, look at the Devils. I mean, look at what the Devils are doing. They've won nine straight, right? And and they have been told, you know, that remember what, uh, Tom Fitzgerald kind of came out and he was like, hey, you know, bear with us. We are rebuilding. We've got young kids. And look at that. They're coming to fruition now. The Devils can shock the world this year. So I don't know if it's like a New York thing. Um, and I and I know you're not a fan of this, but but I, it's just puzzling to me why the New York Giants would not make a move at wide receiver when you've got you know a banged up Kenny Galladay at best, Sterling Shepard out for the year early on. I mean, I'm looking at this, you know, the the depth chart. You've got Darius Slayton, Wandale Robinson, Richie James, David Sills, and Isaiah Hodgins. I mean. That's who. That's who the guy's throwing a ball to, and you're gonna you're gonna evaluate him and his future on that. No wonder why his number one targeted receiver is the running back. Matt at the Jersey Shore, you're up next on the fan. Hello, Danielle. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for making it, Matt. What's up this week? Yeah, so I'm gonna switch gears, and I mean, obviously, I agree with everything your last caller said, but um, Yankee wise, but um, to kind of do the other side of the coin for New York football to two callers ago. Mm-hmm. I wanted to call about Eli Moore and find out what what you think is going on with that because we all know what happened. We all know, you know, he obviously is disgruntled. He's not getting his love. He's not getting his quan. Mm-hmm. Uh, he talked to Salah. Supposedly they're good. He had his, his week off where he didn't travel with the team to Denver. But then last week, he was there. He didn't get thrown to. And now it's like, you know, what do you do with this guy? I, I was so excited when they got him. And I feel like he, he would be really good for Zach Wilson, especially if they use him the way they should in the slot, which is what they just said they were going to bring him back. Right. So I don't know why they were taking him out anyway. But now it's like, I mean, I get it. Don't fix something that's not broken. They've got a good thing going with the running game, even without Brees Hall. But you're only throwing to like one or two receivers the entire game. Yeah. Well, use the guy. Am I wrong? Um, no, you're not wrong. I mean, the guy's talented. I mean, he creates three yards of separation, which is like on pace with like, you know, among the best receivers in the league, actually, in yards of separation created, um, especially at the line of scrimmage. I mean, the guy, first of all, the guy's talented. Um, what's going on there? I, I, I don't know, man. I'm not there. I mean, we're not there. I mean, is there a defiance on his part? Like, listen, what I see when I look at Elijah Moore is a guy who probably for his entire life, but definitely in his collegiate career, he was thrown to in his career, I think it was more than double. His last year playing wherever he was, I forget where he was, but in his last year, he had double, over double the targets than the next guy behind him. So when it comes to the NFL, you know, he's a small he's a small fish in a big pond now. 
you know, the love has to be separated and, and, and dispersed among all of the pass catchers. I think he's frustrated with that role. And of course I get it. You know, if, if the offense ran through me, I would be upset when I get targeted only three. I would never want to be a running uh, a wide receiver. You run routes, you never get the ball thrown to you. I, I wouldn't want to do that. But, right. of course, that's his job. Uh, I, I think he's just adjusting to it, and, and it's been rough. But, you know, for the Jets, too, though, they need to figure out a way. LaFleur, he needs to figure out a way to put him in a, in a position to succeed. Maybe he's going to excel in the slot. But from what we've seen, it has been a total and utter disconnect between the Jets' play calling and the offensive coordinator and their and a wide receiver who just wants the ball and wants to be involved. It's a total disconnect. Right. And, and you know, first of all, he obviously did him, him and his brand a disservice by opening his mouth, which he's a second-year player, so he shouldn't have regardless. But, you know, to, to your point, he's now not – the, the guy anymore. I mean, yeah, we like him. Mm-hmm. It's, it's finally nice to have some playmakers on this team. Um, but, you know, this is the NFL, kid, and if you want to make a name for yourself and you want to get some respect, you got to play You got to play the game and not just what's on the field. you got to play, uh, not to say politics, but it, it basically is. You have to kind of earn your way to, to getting those, those uh, throws. Yep. Yeah, you're right about that. I, I mean, I, I just don't understand, you know, I maybe that's the message that they're delivering to him, and maybe he doesn't want to, you know, take it in and, and deal with it. I, I don't get it. I don't know. And we're well, never going to know. And also just kind of what I just brought up in regard to, it just seems like LaFleur has made it so simple for Zach Wilson to kind of just focus on one or I mean, Garrett Wilson's awesome. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm very happy to have him. Mm-hmm. But him and uh, Conklin seem to be the only two guys getting the ball besides yeah. Mike Carter and uh, James Robinson. Yeah. And it's like there's so many other guys. I mean, it's like the tight end who we've never had before in an offensive capacity is finally there. I mean, yeah, we have Conklin. We also who's I'm saying it wrong. Uzama, Uzama, yeah. And all he's been doing is pulling off and blocking. Matt, I get it. How how long have you been waiting for a Jets to have a tight end and they finally got a good one? They don't even know how to use him. Typical Jets. Uh, from Adam Schefter, the New York Giants and star running back Saquon Barkley will table any talks about a new contract until after the season. Barkley and the Giants did not come close to hammering out a new deal during last week's buy, according to sources. Okay, and then one more thing from Adam Schefter. Odell Beckham Jr., speaking of wide receivers in New York uniforms, Odell Beckham Jr. would like to whittle down his current list of potential teams, which includes the Cowboys, the Bills, the Chiefs, the 49ers, and the New York Giants as soon as possible and have a decision by the end of this month. Woohoo! Buckle up, everybody. Woohoo! Uh, let's stick with the Yankees, I think. We'll go, um, I, I want to talk, are, are you a fan of reality TV? No? Okay. How about Yankee reality? Did you see the Yes Network dropped a spicy new trailer for its, uh, real life reality show, the season premiere of Yankees Hot Stove, Monday night, 7 p.m., by the way, Meredith Morakovitz and Hal Steinbrenner, one-on-one, ooh-hoo-ee, Will Judge be back in pinstripes? Should he be and at what cost? I've got answers to all that. I'm Daniel McCartan. Give me a call, 
337-6666. We'll be right back. Let it rip. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Look, we can't have this conversation without mentioning Aaron Judge. He is the guy that is going to be the big free agent signing by whoever team eventually gets him. You made him an offer before the season. The sides could not come to an agreement. Have you spoken to Aaron Judge yet this offseason? I have had more than one conversation with Aaron since the season ended. I'll leave it at that. Very positive conversation. Do you feel confident that he is going to wind up in pinstripes? I have made it clear to him that is, that is our wish. He means a lot to this organization, and I've made it clear to him we're going to do everything we can to, to make that happen. That, the voices of Meredith Morakovitz and Hal Steinbrenner from the Yes Network's Yankees Hot Stove trailer that they dropped the Friday afternoon. I mean, it's already got probably, what, a almost a quarter million clicks, quarter million views. The entire world wants to know, will Aaron Judge be a Yankee? How far will Hal Steinbrenner go to make him one? I know where I'll be. Monday night at 7 p.m. watching the New York Yankees reality network. Hal told Meredith when asked that he's very, had very positive conversations with Judge since the season ended and that he's made it very clear to him that the Yankees are going to do everything we can to make him a Yankee for life, which means that, that he's he means a lot to the organization, says Hal. Okay, so earlier today, I would say about uh, 10 hours ago, I caught up with uh, Nestor Cortez Jr., who was at the grand opening of Pop Century Collectibles, just a few minutes away from my house in, in Oakland, New Jersey. And here's what Nestor Cortez Jr. had to say about Aaron Judge's baseball future. The fans will kill me. My last question is, without asking about Aaron Judge, I, you knew it was coming. Um, Aaron Judge, what does he mean to the New York Yankees organization and inside that clubhouse? Um, he means everything. Obviously, he's one of the you know one of the great guys to to play this game. Um, I think he's a great role model to the kids, and he's the just a good guy all around. So, hopefully, he stays in pinstripes. But obviously, he's gonna do whatever you know is best for his family and his future. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm sure everybody's hoping that he comes back. So, I mean, so am I. And, and uh, so is everybody in that clubhouse. <laughs> um, so hopefully we can get him back. Well, Nestor Cortez, thank you so much. Good yeah, so hopefully uh, they get him back. The, the, you know, we got to upgrade the internet around here. We got we to gotta pay for the upgrade here. It's funny. The Yes Network trailer worked fine. Yes. I don't know the difference, what happened, but that was very choppy. <laughs> in essence, Nestor Cortez says they all want him back in that clubhouse. So how much... Is Aaron Judge worth? Okay. So according to John Heyman, the Yankees, this is a quote, will be willing to top Judge's $36 million a year asking price from back in the spring. Okay. So then you add in flirting with a triple crown plus breaking Roger Maris's American League home run record plus a likely American League MVP title. Where are you at? And for how long? I want to know. Let's play fantasy GM here tonight for a little bit. Here's what I would do if I'm Brian Cashman, and I'm not. So who knows which way this is going to go. This can turn left real fast or go left, whatever that expression is. I never get them right. I would 
And before you jump down my throat, you got to listen and you got to hear this out. I would give him as many years until his age 40 season. I said it then and I still think it now. I think it was the number of years, not necessarily the dollar amount, is what didn't get the job done the first time around. That's why I would do it that. So he'll be 31 to start next, 31 in April. Okay. So essentially to start the season, he'll be 31 years old. So a nine year deal for coincidentally number 99. And then you front load it. Year one of the deal, $48 million. And then every year after that, it goes down about about uh, three million. So, so year one, forty-eight million. Year two, forty-five million. Year three, forty-two million. Year four, thirty-nine million. And then years five, six, seven, eight, and nine, twenty-five million a year. So that's added up nine years at two hundred and ninety-nine million dollars with a, a team option in year eight, a player option in year nine. And, and again, I like to front load this for a few reasons. A, he's coming off a historic season, so pay him for what he's worth right now. And B, what does he have? Like, what, four more good years ahead of him? Okay, so he'll be making nice money in those years. And then in years five through nine, you move him to a $25 million DH role, which is cheaper than Giancarlo Stanton right now, by the way. And if you need to unload him, well... With the way inflation's going at, in this country at this rate, $25 million is going to be a bargain for a new team in five, six years from now, seven years from now, even nine. So then if you can build in some performance bonuses in addition to the base salary. You, you, maybe um, World Series MVP, League MVP, maybe benchmark for innings played if you're concerned about him getting hurt. Oh, you know, all of that. You could work around that. So I'm GM Daniel McCartan. Who says no to that? What say you? 877-337-6666. Again, nine years, 299, front-loaded for Aaron Judge, starting at $48 million in year one, going incrementally down till you get to years five to nine, drop it to 50, uh, I'm sorry, $25 million with options in year eight and nine, team, then player. I think that's a, I think that's a completely fair deal. Jim in South Amboy, what do you think, Jim? Danielle, I I just hope he leaves. I'm 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 a hater, so I hope he leaves. <laughs> You're a hater, a but, baiter hater, just a hater. <laughs> a, Yankee, a Yankee hater, yeah. And and Ben Cashman is, is 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 the savior, as we know. The other day I had Keith on, and I don't know who they talked to there. Like like if you spoke to someone that 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 works for for the fan while you're on the air. But he's talking to a guy, and he says, "If Cashman got fired today, wait a second. I don't. I, I do all my own stuff here, so I, I don't talk to anybody. I just. I mean, any interviews that I do, that's what I do. So, what are you saying? Okay. You saying start that over? Keith was talking to somebody that works for the fan while okay. he was on. Okay. Okay. And the guy says, 20, If he got if Cashman got fired today, there's twenty nine teams waiting in line to sign him. Okay. So now." Hey, I listen, used to listen to Mike, and he used to give us the same nonsense, uh, uh, Mike Francesa, that they're standing in line. So ha, when they say this, do they ever think that they're businessmen or, or business people that are going to pay him to, to pay $260 million payroll like this year mm-hmm. and not make and not make it to the World Series? Mm-hmm. 
and so that was one thing. Now I think. Well, what, think and, oh, and then, well, so wait. Then, then how? What was the response to that then? The, well, the, I, I never called, but but oh. but, but that's so. So here's said. what I would say to that. I would say, okay, well, then you could look at it that way, which is what Yankee fans look at it as, right? Abject failure every year, not not in the World Series, but for a team right. like you know, uh, you know, I don't know. A smaller market team who never seems to really make the postseason. Maybe having Brian Cashman in there, you know, to make the postseason every year is fine by them. You know, they, they win, you know, X amount of games, ninety nine games, hundred games, and and you make the wild card. Fantastic, beautiful, great, great job, Brian Cashman. But Daniel, but that doesn't Daniel, work in Yankee Land. Daniel, think about the Centrals. American League and National League, mm-hmm. the central, the, fifth, the the ten teams. Do you think any two teams in that in that, in that division in those divisions are going to pay two hundred sixty million dollars? Any two teams, not any team. They're the uh, you're the owner of the team. You're this guy had two hundred sixty million dollars to spend. Uh, we can't spend half of that. And 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 this guy that uh, with talking to Keith thinks somebody in the central. Who do you? Th- why don't they think a little? Who would sign Brian Cashman? Now maybe the Red Sox they're down on their luck. The Dodgers are going to sign him. I think the Dodgers are happy with what they have. Seattle's not going to sign him. They're seem to be headed in the right direction. Minnesota wouldn't even get a mention. The Florida teams are going to sign. Who would sign Brian Cashman from the businessman's point of view with a two hundred and sixty million dollars? So and the team, he, so Jim, the team, the team that immediately popped into my head as you were talking originally was the Milwaukee Brewers. That's the team. Good. When you when you asked which one team, not even two teams, when you asked that, I, my mind popped Milwaukee Brewers. And you think they would sign him? You think they're going to go to two hundred and sixty not to make it? I mean, two fifty or two forty or two hundred. They're at one forty four this this past season. Okay, don't don't you think that's a big leap to 200, 240, 250? I, I mean, this guy has... But league, a, he, league average was 164.6. That was yeah, league average. They're, they're under the average. And, they and, are. And he's 100 over. Yeah, I know. Okay. And 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 he he never he's never there. He never he cast one ticket and I used to think the same thing when Mike Francesa used to say it. They weren't after after that run the Yankees had up when like when McCune beat him with the Marlins in in in, in two thousand and three. He, he shouldn't have gotten beaten that year with those. As, as my high school coach used to say, raggedy ass cadets came to Yankee Stadium and beat them game six of the World Series. I was happy enough. I was overjoyed to be in the stands that night in two thousand and three. And the only one they won since was was in two thousand and mm-hmm. it's a long time, Danielle, since they since they've cast it's a very long time. A long time. I don't see how anybody I'm I'm serious. Like you think Milwaukee would take a chance? I really don't I would be shocked if anybody took a chance. I'm serious. I, I, know, I know one thing. If I owned a team and, and, and when he had a blank checkbook from George and he could get those players, well, then it was different. And, and he inherited all, all of Gene Michaels' players, then it was different. But these got, he had to make, for, make a team for himself. What did he make? You know, he had, he he's made. He made. Well, he he, made you, know, you know what he made? And Jim, thanks for the call there. But you know what he made? He made a perennial contender. That's what he made. And and a smaller market team, maybe like the Brewers, maybe like the Twins, maybe like if you want to go a little bit above, you know, league average in terms of uh, a t- total payroll, 
Maybe the Angels need a guy like him for a change to shake it up. I don't know. I'm saying I'm saying there is a market for Brian Cashman, a team that is starving to make the postseason even, that that just to get there they'd be happy. That's a team that that, that would love Brian Cashman. And that's kind of like a, I don't know, a hypothetical situation because guess what? He's going to be back with the Yankees. They would not have sent him to Vegas. It, it, they would not have had him do this season-end press conference. They had no plans on bringing him back. 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan on The Fan. Your official station to talk Knicks. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Welcome back to The Fan. I am Danielle McCartan with you till 2 on the break. Some videos are coming out. Trending on Twitter was all capital letters. What a fight. So, of course, I had to hear, see what that was about. Dustin Poirier submits Michael Chandler. Looks like round three. In round three. Wow. UFC is so brutal. The crowd went wild. And Dustin Poirier wins. Wow. Pretty cool. 877-337-6666. Apparently, uh... Someone on Twitter, Sam Roskin, says, the host on Kyrie Irving on SNL tonight is funny. I said, okay, well, tag me in it, and let me watch it on the next commercial break. Do you know uh, who the host is tonight? No, who is it? Dave Chappelle. Oh, it is Dave Chappelle. Chappelle tonight, so I'm sure he had a ton to say. Well, if we could find it, let's uh, let's see if we can find it. No, we can't find it. It's probably curse words in it. Yes? Okay, then we can't find it. <laughs> Get the dump button ready? <laughs> Don't even waste their time. <laughs> but I would, I, I will be watching it at one point tonight or tomorrow. I would assume because I watch all of Chappelle's opens when he does SNL because he's just a genius when it comes to this stuff. So I would love to talk about Kyrie Irving. I really would. But as you said, you used the word hijack like two weeks ago. That would hijack my entire show. I've got like a finite number of hours on on the air. If I, I mean, was here I every day. It, Sure. I think it would have. I don't know if it still would tonight. Because, and again, like I told you before the show, I, I think honestly the only thing with Kyrie, Kyrie right now is how well the Nets are playing without him. Exactly. Has nothing to do with the off the court stuff. I think for me, that's over at this point. I know he's still technically suspended and he's not coming on the road trip, but for me, it's just the the play of the Nets without Kyrie Irving and without Steve Nash. Now with Jacques Vaughn, I think for me that that's the storyline when it comes to the Nets is they just look like a better team without those two people. They're playing defense all of a sudden. They're all playing defense, and it's it, and it's weird because obviously like Kyrie Irving, such a talented basketball player, he's like he's one of the most talented guards to ever play because he, he's he clearly that good. And if you and don't let his off the court stuff blind that for you, he's he really is that good of a basketball player. But he's such just like a total like, you know, banana for the majority of the time off the court that that affects people's visions of him. And the team is playing, you said it yourself, better basketball without him. All right. In the order that you called, let's go to Mike in Florida. You're up next here on The Fan. Hey, how are you doing? Great. How are you, Mike? I'm doing all right. I wish I could talk about basketball with you, but it's been 20 years since I can even watch that because it ain't even basketball no more. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. I, I apologize okay. for coughing like that. Um, I want to talk about the Yankees. I, I, I don't know why Hal just can't 
I, I don't know why he can't move on. We're 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 we're, we're stuck in a mud hole. This is awful. Yep. The, the philosophy is not changing. It, it's a it's a three outcome approach at the plate. You know, strike out, walk, or or hit. You know, and that's it. And that's it. And then you're going to keep acquiring players at you know because that's what the formula says that you need to do to win. And clearly, it's not. You got to have no. eyeballs too, and a feel for the game, and the whole thing. And it's the same thing. It's rinse, repeat, year and year and year. Just they all they could do is recycle the the, the year end press conferences from from this year and years of getting last year because nothing's going to change. It's brutal. And listen, I, I everybody's got to go. Cashman's got to go. Oppenheimer's got to go. They all got to go. I mean, anybody in their right mind could have seen that you needed to draft Volpe. Yeah. That, that's not Oppenheimer. And that's it for you, Mike. Did I catch that in time? I caught it in time. So, as we were just talking about Dave Chappelle dropping some curse words on the radio, unfortunately, Mike from Florida... Yeah, he, he said a big one. <laughs> and it's one of those things he didn't mean to say. It, I know, I know. He, he didn't mean it. It just naturally came out. He's just so passionate about dumping Cashman and Oppenheimer and the entire Yankees organization that it just slipped. I'm sorry, Mike, but but that's um, that was your one chance for tonight. We could try back again next weekend, though. Oh, I got to keep it clean here, everybody. Douglas in the Bronx, I know he will. Go ahead, Douglas. Hey, Danielle. You <laughs> asked earlier if we're into reality TV. Yes. I'm into reality TV. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know that. Just to fo- yeah. Uh, just to follow up on our discussion last week, I have caught up with the challenge. So I have to ask, uh, you're friends of a friend of Olivia. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. And I, she- I met her once in uh, Scottsdale. I met her. Wow. Wow. Yeah. She... Saw that loophole yep. in the strategy. How about that? Now, Smart. as you also know, yeah, uh, that was great strategy. She she thought up, she saw that last week, and but this week, now I, as you know, I'm familiar with Survivor, so I know the I know of the person that won this week of that duo. Um, she has won Survivor before. She's won, she won the million, but that was a case where the jury was bitter. So. They did not want to reward the one sitting next to her. So that's why she got the million. Mm. But she did well in the champion season. She finished third. This was three years ago. But she never, in those two seasons, she never had agency in the game, never had control. So that's why you saw how she acted this week. Those selections, horrible, horrible. Um, she didn't play that right. Uh, I didn't like her targets. And uh, Fessy already, uh, I don't care what name he is, he's still messy. He is jumping in the bed uh, <laughs> next week with the ever, uh, the heartwarming personality of Laurel. I so know. that's something to look forward to next week. <laughs> I know. Um, uh, I know you also follow Jeopardy. Are you following this Tournament of Champions? Uh, I watched it the other night, but that's really it. Okay. So, of course, the three of the top five are were in com- were in competition. Amy Schneider, Matt Amodio, Matea Roach. Yes. Two of them knocked out already. Two of them knocked out. Wow. So the final is this week. Amy Schneider starts Monday, and they're going to do it in the tr- um, the final is going to be like the uh, the uh, James Holzhauer, Ken Jennings, Brad Rutter tournament. Mm-hmm. Best three out of seven. That's pretty cool. Uh, 
That's pretty cool. So that'll be this week. I can't wait. But Morio, I mean, uh, that that was a shocker. Uh, yeah, because he's. He had 38 wins uh, last year. I know, but he got knocked out this week. All, All right, right, Douglas, we so, got to go to yeah, we got to go to your Mets point because we're we're gonna have to. Yeah, break yeah I got it. I got gotcha. you. Okay. So the Mets deal with Edwin Diaz, a quarter of his contract is deferred payments. So meaning he's going to get paid 26 million. Yes. From 2033 to 42, and of course because it involves the Mets, a lot of that in a lot of that uh, harkens back to the Bobby Bonilla days. But I mean, those jokes came back. I know Russian. that's the first but, thing I thought of when I read, when I read that about his contract, the deferred money. What happened? I was having a nice conversation. All of a sudden, it, it went away. I don't know. So, do I take this to the top or no? I need a break here. All right. Well, Douglas, I know I I didn't do that. I'm I'm sitting here watching the Poirier submitting Michael Chandler and texting Misha Tate about it, and uh, it just dropped off. I'm a very good multitasker. I believe me. I could do, I work in a classroom. I'll leave it at that. 877-337-6666. Sparky, I see you. Get you right after the top of the hour. So we've got a quick break. We've got an update. And I'm back with you in a flash. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till 2 here on The Fan. Sometimes it's good to talk about it. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Midnight here on The Fan in New York City. I am Danielle McCartan with you till 2. Legal men comes your way then. We have had a changing of the guard behind the glass. Paul Rosenberg is on his way out. Sumo Rocky is here. Sus, as he is known. He's taking your calls at 877-337-6666. Anybody that knows me knows that I have, by and large, across all of our teams here in New York, um, I've stopped buying jerseys for all of them. Well, you know, I shouldn't say that. I've actually stopped buying jerseys of current players. See, like, jerseys are like my thing. Everybody has their thing. Authentic jerseys are mine. So take the Jets. The last authentic Jets jersey I bought was Mark Sanchez's green number six after the AFC Championship appearance. I'm like, thought that was a pretty safe one. And, of course, you know how that ended. You know, uh, you know, I have not bought a Judge jersey. I have not bought a Brandon Nimmo jersey. I have not bought a Daniel Jones or even a Saquon Barkley jersey. So then going back to the Jets, I was like, you know what? It's just going to be T-shirts only, okay? Eric Decker. Then I got Brandon Marshall. And then I got Jamal Adams. And then I got Darrell Rivas. I guess that's still a good one. And then I said, you know what? I got three jerseys, I mean T-shirts in the course of like a year, a calendar year. I'm just going to go with Jets logos only on clothing. Logos only. And literally the very next year, they went and changed the logo on the uniforms. Like, like I can't win. But for two weeks now, I've been thinking of getting a Sauce Gardner jersey. I've been thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And I'm happy to tell you, I did it. NFL Shop was having a 25% off sale on Thursday when I just happened to check it and look at it again. And I got one. A green number one Sunday sauce jersey. The caption writes itself. The only ones they have like ready to go are Zach Wilson ones. So I had to make it, of course, custom. And, of course, that costs more and takes longer. It won't ship until December 8th. 
Oh, it's like a month. So now we wait, and and I'm 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 on NFLShop.com right now, and I refresh the page, and I, I'm I'm logging in. I check it like five times a day just to see if it has updated at all, and all of it says is still processing. Come on. Oh, talk about instant gratification. I need it. So now we wait. And I, I I just also have to tell you that I take no responsibility for any trade, any downturn in production, any injury to Ahmad Sauce Gardner as a result of this purchase. Thank you very much. All right, 877-337-6666 is the number. Sparky in Dobbs Ferry, you're up on the fan. First of all, Coach, how's everything? I'm great. How are you? Oh, good, good. Now, you know one thing? I'm beginning to believe you might be a good luck charm for the Jets. Oh, you hope. Hey, that would be nice. That would be nice. Now, I'm going to be one in a minority. Okay. If I were the Mets, I would not sign, re-sign DeGrom because his inability to stay healthy basically cost them the division the last two seasons. And let's face it, people usually get hurt after they get the money, not before they get it. Mm. And there's no reason to believe he's going to be healthy. That's a great point, Sparky. You're right about that. Okay. Because because I'm thinking back to two years ago when they knew how hurt he was and didn't even try to make an attempt to replace him. Yep. And even this year, too. Yeah, you're right about that. And you're right. My dad always says that, too. That they're ne- they they always seem to get hurt after they get the money. Always, always seems okay. to be that way. And now, as far as Cashman, to me, he's the ultimate hypocrite and a person with a short-term memory. And why I say that, he constantly cries about the Astros cheating. Yet I'd have to ask him, uh, Mister Cashman. Do you remember Roger Clemens and Alex Rodriguez with the Yankees? Mm. Andy Pettit, okay. too, right? And um, now you were just bringing up the contract for Judge. That's an incredibly fair offer for both sides. I agree. All right, so it, let's see. If anybody's tuning in right now, I'll, 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 Sparky, let's tell them again. So I said... Based on the premise that the Yankees said that they're, according to John Heyman, willing to top the $36 million a year asking price back in the spring. Okay, so here's what I would do. Because, Sparky, I, I thought that it, it always was about the years. Because guess what? This guy, he's old. He, he Old, quote-unquote, old. He, he doesn't want to have to go through this again. So he wants his, his money and he wants his years now. Okay, so knowing all of that and, and what he's done so on the season, you know, this year on the field, I would pay him until his age 34. Uh, 40 season and it would be a nine-year deal and the way I would work it out would be year one is you front load it year one you start at 48 million you go incrementally down by three million a year till you get to years five through nine 25 million dollars with a team option in year eight player option in year nine it totals up to be nine years at 299 million dollars I think that's completely fair on both sides get it done you know, and also, you know, anybody criticizing Judge, all right, he had a bad postseason, okay. They all did! But you know what? Let's face it, without Judge, the Yankees are a fourth-place team. Yeah, you're right about that, too. I mean, it's like you you got to be kidding. And now you mentioned about the jerseys and stuff. 
my Jet jersey I have, uh, it is a Revis jersey. Mm-hmm. Okay. And my, I have a Judge jersey. Um, and now my favorite opposing player of all time, I have a Ripken game jersey. Mm. Okay. Um, I have a Tom Seaver game jersey. Hey, you got some good ones. And my favorite active opponent is Trout, and I have a Trout jersey. Yeah, I have a Trout jersey, too. He's a jersey guy. I have to. No, actually, it's a game uniform, but I'll tell you, it's really nice. Is it white? I have a white one, Trout. I have the gray one. Okay. Right. Yeah. But I just want to say thank you and have a great night, Sparky, okay? this might have been your best points that you've ever made. You're right about all of it. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate it, Sparky. Talk next week. All right, bye-bye. Yeah, I mean, yes. All of it's right. I just got a tweet. I, forgot, I didn't see where it went. Uh, it said, I, I think that your deal for Aaron Judge is completely fair. I, I think it is. Of course, there's going to be someone that blows that out of the water, but the thinking being you front load the contract. I mean, I'm no GM. I just play one on the radio. But if you front load it, I mean, he's coming off his his historic season. You pay him now. He's got four more good years ahead of him. Okay, so he's going to be making nice money in those years, some good money. Years five to nine, moving to $25 million a year, $25 million DH. Okay, you're paying Stanton $27 million to be a DH every year currently. So, you know. If you need to unload him, $25 million a year, the way inflation's going, or the next five, seven, eight years, I mean, $25 million is going to be nothing. Affordable on the back end, make him, you know, award him in the front and, and uh, in the front end of it and, and, you know, make it affordable for the Yankees on the back end of it. I think, and of course, you can build in, like I said, you could build in some bonuses to that, that, that base salary. Anything you want. If you're worried about him not playing enough games, okay. Benchmark the number of innings played. Games started. Um, whatever. Whatever. They have, they, they have workout bonuses for $200,000. Give me $200,000 to work out. I'll do it. I did go to the gym for the first time in a long time today. I had some time today to myself to go to the gym. Then I went tanning. GTL, baby. John in Orange County, New York. You're up on a fan. Hi, Daniel. How are you? Great. How are you? Good, good. Uh, just a quick DeGrom point and then a quick uh, Jets point. You got it. Um, okay, as a Yankee fan, which I am, what about a change of scenery for DeGrom? Throw big money at him, and if he has great stuff, but he's fragile, let him close or ask him if he'd be willing to do that. What do you think about that? I like the idea. I think close... The thing is, though, like like Edwin Diaz just got a record breaking deal, right? So how much money? I mean, I mean, so uh, let me slow down. So the money part of it, right? I think for, as a fit, I think it's a fantastic fit. Degrom as a closer, I think is fantastic. However, you know there's going to be a team that's going to pay him forty million dollars a year to pitch. You don't want to be paying your closer forty million dollars to be, uh, you know, a closer. So that's yep. the thing. And he's not going to take a discount to, you know, $20 million to become your closer. And if that's the case, he's definitely not going to be uh, a Met. Definitely not. No, I'm, I'm saying if you're the Yankees, though, throw him the big money. Let, let him start for a year or two. Mm-hmm. And let's see how it goes. If he's fragile, see if he'll be willing to come out of the pen. 
And he'd be awesome. I know he would be. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I mean, I think that's a fantastic idea. Yeah, I don't know. I was just thinking about that. And just one quickie on the Jets. Look, when they played New England, whatever it was, two weeks ago, I told I told my brothers, my friends, I said, listen, Belichick is the master at confusing young quarterbacks with, with defensive schemes. So yes. now, that, now that we're coming off the bye week, he's got to be licking his chops. What do you think? Because the Jets, I think, they can do something really special here. And by the way, I like the Sauce Gardner uh, choice by, by you. Uh, thanks. Well, what, what do you think about the next week's game? I mean, you know, bye week, they might be, you know, a little bit, you know, rusty, Belichick doing what he does with defensive skis. I don't know. Rice the red flags, and I don't like it. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I mean, the Jets are riding high. They just beat the Bills. They're coming off a of bye week, as you said, and it's like they got the blueprint very, very recently. You know, I, 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 I have to say, I like the Jets in this game. I just, I, I like to say it. I think I like okay. the Jets. Okay, because I, 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 God, I hope they win. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. Because yeah. you know why, John? Let me tell you something. This is something I haven't told anybody yet, John. I did a bet. You know, in the beginning of the season. Call me a New York homer, whatever. I put $10 on the Jets every year to win the Super Bowl. $10 on the Giants every year to win the Super Bowl. But you know what I did this year? I got to look at the odds. I did Jets to win the AFC East, Bills to come in second. Oh, my God. I need the Jets to beat the Patriots badly. You know what? But they won up on Buffalo already. I know. I know. If you win that, man, good job on good good on you. That's good. That's, right? That's yeah, yeah. I don't know what yeah, made man. me do it. I think I like the odds. I like playing odds a lot of the time. Let me see. I'm trying to pull it up because I have to log back in. They're sending me codes, all this crap. But yeah, do you believe it? Do you believe that? Because they're like you said, they're already one up on the Bills. If they beat the Patriots, oh, and guess what else they did? Brian Dable, a uh, coach of the year. Imagine that. Yeah, good for you. And just, you know, one more cookie on the Jets, you yeah. know. As we, you know, as we get past this season and move into, like, next year, you know, we have three running backs. We have three top running backs. Yeah. I mean, they are loaded. This, this roster is loaded. Yeah. And, and, one, and the other thing I love about these guys is that these guys know they're all young and they're all talented. They know nothing about this same old Jets history. They don't care. Yeah. They're like, let's just go out and play. And I, I that's just, they're so, it's so refreshing. Yeah, you, you're right about that. I mean, for yeah. once, I mean, and that comes from the coach too. And that comes down from the coach, like the mentality of like, you know, you know, one for all, all for one sort of thing. I mean, Robert Sala's got him playing good football, man. Good football. Yeah, he does. He does. All right, Daniel, thank you. Yeah, thank you. John, thanks for that. And and I and I pulled it up, by the way. Uh, I did a futures bet on June 10th. June 10th. Was I here at 1022 p- p.m.? <laughs> Maybe I might have been here. I don't really stay up that late, especially in June 10th. That's like the end of school. Oh, it was a Friday night, June 10th. So I did $10, just $10. Jets win the East, second place Bills. Ten dollars at plus two eighty. Possible payout two ninety. No, I'm sorry. Odds were plus twenty eight hundred. Ten dollars at plus twenty eight hundred odds. Possible payout two ninety. 
I also got Judge as a uh, American League MVP winner. The day I thought he was going to turn down the contract, I was dry. I was on Route 208 South in Hawthorne, New Jersey, and I was like, you know what? I got to do this now. And 5.13 p.m., probably sitting in traffic doing zero miles an hour right over there. Um, I did it. I got $20 on a free bet. Aaron Judge to win American League MVP. Possible payout, 420. Odds plus 2,000. I mean, I'm pretty good at futures bets. Not good, so much good on the day-to-day. But futures, I'm okay on those. So, uh... We'll see, but um, you know what? And not for any personal gain reason. I think the Jets have spent the past, you know, will have spent the last two weeks studying up on the Patriots. Um, I I was listening to Zach Wilson give an interview on on another station, on another, you know, whatever. But and and they were he was saying how, you know, what they do, uh, you know, they study the film for for, you know, let's say a thousand hours, and the Patriots just come up and they. They they run something else. They run a different stunt up front, or they do a twist that you weren't you haven't seen yet. And they always do something new, a new wrinkle that has not yet been on film. And and Zach Wilson had had some bad interceptions in that game, some bad ones. That's when he tried playing hero ball. He doesn't need to play hero ball. I think that was abundantly clear when the Jets beat the Bills, which was one of the best games that I was ever at. By the way, and um, I have this sneaking suspicion that the Jets are going to beat the Patriots. I just have a feeling. Can't explain it, but you know, everybody thought once Brees Hall went down that that the Jets were like done for, and, and they rise, and so they rise. And as long as Zach Wilson takes care of the ball and doesn't surrender two interceptions, weren't both of them to Devin McCourty? I know one of them definitely was. I think both of them were. Those two bad, bad ones. He's throwing off his back foot and just winging the ball downfield. I mean, that's that's a DB's, uh, you know, they have dreams of those floating balls over right into their hands from a quarterback. Clean it up and get to it. No team is unbeatable. You beat the Buffalo Bills. The New York Jets beat the Buffalo Bills. Bills, no team is unbeatable for this team. And I know that sounds crazy. I know that sounds crazy. But no team is off limits for this Jets team. It's at New England. I get it. But if you want to go, tickets are as low as $171, according to the website I'm looking at right now. Amazing. So speaking of, I, I know the Jets have a lot of a lot of belts, a lot of hardware. Rookie of the week. I mean, Sauce Gardner. How many does he have? How many championship belts does he have for rookie of the week? There's a lot of hardware around here. All of a sudden, especially in Queens, especially in the Bronx. Unfortunately, not a World Series trophy or a World Series ring. But I'm Danielle McCartney, and we're going to talk about the impact of the Silver Slugger winners. One in Queens, one in the Bronx, of the gold and one platinum. Glove winner on our Mets and on our Yankees. Coming up next right here on The Fan at 877-337-6666. Tell us about the receipts you are keeping. Call The Fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com.
Welcome back to McCartan after midnight now here on The Fan in New York City. It is football Sunday. I'm going to the Giant game. Giants-Texans. Talk about that in a little bit. My predictions, of course, coming up in a little while. But first, I think this might be kind of the last thing I did want to touch on uh, for, for baseball here. And, you know, as everybody knows, there's there's no World Series trophies around here. But we do have two silver sluggers, Jeff McNeil in Queens, Aaron Judge in the Bronx. So lots of silver hardware around here, if you will. I mean, Judge, you knew he was going to win it. You just knew he was going to win it. I mean, there was no, I don't know if there was any doubt about Aaron Judge. But for Jeff McNeil, I'm just so very happy for Jeff McNeil. I mean, when you like think of Baseball player. I mean, Jeff McNeil is a baseball player. He's a gritty player. He, you know, he, he's not afraid to get dirty. He, you know, he, he's, he does what it takes to win. He's a flying squirrel. You know what I mean? And so for everyone that wanted to ship him out of here, not me included in that bunch, by the way, not me. I always stuck up for Jeff McNeil. And now he's won a silver slugger. Um, and, and, and I'll just let me look up Jeff McNeil. I wanted to look up his contract. I think he's got three more years. Just want to be sure we're all operating with the same thing. Oh, he's got two more years. So he's under arbitration for this year, 2023. He's under arbitration for next year, 2024. And they're going to estimate that his salary for this year is $6.5 million. Fantastic. What a great, great honor for a guy for the Mets who's not making a ton of money. And he's going to be around for at least two more years. Great. Happy for him. I'm happy that Jeff McNeil has found himself. He's playing within himself at the plate. He's not looking to, I don't know, just do crazy things and hit home runs because he's not that guy. And finally, he's got, I mean, the knob of his bat alone tells you the guy's a baseball dude, right? I mean, he doesn't even have a knob. But I think, besides Aaron Judge winning the Silver Slugger, Besides Jeff McNeil winning the Silver Slugger Award, I think the biggest news is the most recent news. And that is Jose Trevino winning a platinum glove. So what does that mean? That means that of all the nine gold glove winners, maybe you didn't know. Maybe. I mean, I'm a teacher by by nature here, so uh, let me teach you this. So, of all the nine Gold Glove winners, and you know, the AL had nine, the NL had nine, and um, the fans selected Trevino out of those nine as the best fielder slash defender, right? Because he's not a fielder, but he's more of a defender defensively, right? Um, the fans selected him, therefore he won the Platinum Glove out of all of the nine. And I can't remember the last guy to win a Platinum Glove as a New York Yankee. So congratulations to Jose Trevino. And I, uh, I, again, I played a little clip before, and here's another timely one. I caught up with Nestor Cortez Jr. today, or I guess now it was, uh, yeah, but it was 12 hours ago, exactly 12 hours ago. Uh, I caught up with Nestor Cortez Jr. at the grand opening of Pop Century Collectibles in Oakland, New Jersey. I was wearing the shirt that he handed to me, the Nasty Nestor T-shirt, and Nestor Cortez Jr. absolutely gushed about Trey. I mean, his face lit up when he was talking about him. Here is what uh, Nestor Cortez Jr. told me about 
uh, Jose Trevino winning the Platinum Glove. Thoughts on that? Uh, he deserves it. I texted him a few days ago. Oh, we're having these internet issues again. It's happened before. We're, we, you know what? We got all kinds of issues going on tonight. We got calls dropping. Someone someone didn't pay the Optimum bill or the Verizon Fios package bill around here. That's probably what's going on. No, I'm kidding. Totally kidding. The one guy said he hit the button himself, and, and I, I don't know what happened to Douglas in, in the Bronx. But um, anyway, so I, I got my, uh, as Sus works on this, I got my my camera ready, my handheld recorder, my WFN mic, and I was like, you know what? This 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 grand opening of this place, it's it's right in Oakland. It's it's so close by. Let me let me take a chance. I kind of just dropped in on them and and I said, Hey, you know, I'm here, you know, congratulations on the new store, you know, best of luck with it, all that. And um he was he was he, the owner of the store, his name is Laz, L A Z, and he was like so appreciative and he was like, Yeah. Asked the agent and um Bing, bang, boom. There I was with, with uh, Nestor Cortez. And, and by the way, the owner, Laz, he said that, uh, he told me on, on my way out, that he's going to try to get a, a different player there every month. One player a month. That's his goal. So, just so you know, you might want to put that. It's called the Pop Century Collectibles. If you're into that kind of thing, you want to meet some athletes, take some pictures, get some autographs, Pop Century Collectibles is the place. And uh, I don't want to spoil the next guest. Um, I don't even know if he's got him booked, but it's a former Yankee. Should we try the audio against us? No audio. Great. How are we going to incorporate this into the show now? Oh, all right. Are we going to get Nestor at all? <laughs> not now. He's saying not now. Okay. All right, he's going to figure out another way. He's the man of the people, this sus. He's, he's a good guy. So, and again, well, just one more thing about Trevino. Trevino has two more years of arbitration, and just like McNeil, right? So he's making, like, nothing. So, you know, as much as everybody wants to hate on Brian Cashman, you got to give him a little bit of credit for this one, for sure. And, you know, you can make the argument that he, you know, he forced Gary Sanchez or he tried – to force Gary Sanchez to work for, for way too long. I mean, you just hear Nestor Cortez Jr., and and, and we, we'll get it. We'll play it. We'll get it for you. But, um, you know, do you really think that Nestor would be himself out there with Gary Sanchez, who could not block a beach ball behind the plate? No. And we talked about that before, too. That, 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 that Zach Britton, sinker ball pitcher. There was no way that he felt he had confidence in his catcher, Gary Sanchez. But, hey, that's neither here nor there, right? Gary Sanchez, by the way, not even on the Twins anymore. He doesn't have a, a current NBA, NBA. He doesn't have a current MLB team to play on right now. And I just thought of Sus went to the other room there. I just thought of a different way to do this. But, hey, let's switch gears real quick. Hey, we got to be flexible. It's live radio. 877-337-6666 is the phone number. We've got Marty in Westchester. He wants to talk some Giants football. Go ahead, Marty. What's up? Yes, uh, good morning, Danielle. Yeah, uh, I look at this game tomorrow and next week's game against the Lions. Those are two games the Giants have to have because uh, after that the schedule gets uh, gets a bit tougher. They play the Eagles twice. They they play the Cowboys one more time. Mm-hmm. So I think they will win tomorrow. Uh, 
they play they've been playing close games for a whole year mm-hmm. and they do have some issues in the secondary but I think they'll I think they will win I mean they'll they'll feed uh, Barkley the ball a lot uh, Daniel Jones will play a, a good game you know he'll manage the game well I think they'll win I'll give you a score of 20 to 13. Ooh, mine's I don't want to give it away yet but but mine's quite close to that Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't want to give it up just yet. But um, I'm looking at the schedule, too. So the Giants obviously have two losses, one to Dallas and one to Seattle. And then I go on Tankathon. And, of course, any given Sunday, right? But it says the Giants have the third most difficult schedule remaining the rest of the way. Right. So they That's they tough. have to get to 8-2 eight, eight and two, the way I see it. Win this week and win next week. Yeah, and then roll the dice, right? Because, like you said, the Eagles twice. I mean, oh, it's it's an uphill climb. And you got the Dallas Cowboys on Thanksgiving, which is going to be a good game. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, by the way, in case you're wondering, Green Bay Packers have the uh, toughest strength of schedule remaining. The New England Patriots have two. The Giants are third. And, by the way, on the New England's toughest opponents, there's a little Jets logo. That's pretty cool. And Indianapolis has the Giants, and the Giants are on the tough side too, not on the easy side anymore. So we have moved past that uh, that that era in New York football, Marty. But um, I, I like the score prediction. I, I think the Giants are going to win, although uh, there's a, a thought that creeps into my mind that this might be a quintessential trap game. I don't know, man. I don't know. What do you think? They have to be careful, no doubt about it. Yeah, but. Uh... You mentioned Green Bay has the tough, uh, the toughest schedule. I think, I think they're shot. I think Dallas is going to go in there t- uh, today and, and and beat them. Yeah, I think so too. I just think it's been a been a bad bad year for Rodgers, and he's been finger pointing. It's just not a good situation out there, and I, I just think they're going to get they're going to go to three and seven, and that's going to be it for them. Yeah, and then what happens to Rodgers? I mean, you look at Rodgers, and he's like he's missing throws in that Giant game, especially. I was like, wow, is this is this the Aaron Rodgers I'm used to to seeing? They only scored nine points against the Lions, and the Lions have probably one of the worst defenses in the NFL. So yeah. that, that that shows you something right exactly there. Exactly right there. I know, I know. Uh, so it may be, might be the end of Aaron Rodgers. I know that people in Green Bay are clamoring for uh, Julian Love, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah, yeah. But I hey, think it's going to get ugly out there. Hey, the yeah. Jets and Giants don't have those problems anymore. It's all good. Giants, baby, just Thank win. God for that. It's been a long time. I know. How good does it feel? To know yes. that you have a quarterback under center every week. It's going to be the same guy. Right, right. Amazing. It's been a tremendous season so far. It's a luxury. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, well, Marty, I hope you're staying staying locked in. I got my prediction coming up in a little bit for the, Gi- the Giants. I'll be listening game. for it, Danielle. Right. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Hey, thanks for the call. Talk next week. Hey, thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, so Sus gave me the thumbs up on, uh, on the Nestor Cortez. You know what? I got to tell you, you're the man. Do good work. He's nodding, and he's he's like, all right, throw it to it, throw it to it. All right, so, so here is me with Nestor Cortez Jr. earlier today at Pop Century Collectibles in Oakland, New Jersey. Uh, he deserves it. I texted him a few days ago congratulating him, um, and I told him I can say now that I pitched to a, not only a gold glove winner but a you know a platinum glove winner. So yeah. uh, that's something that I can take uh, you know for the rest of my life, and I'm sure he's happy about that. So you on the mound having a platinum glove winner behind the plate. How does it allow you to be you when you're on the mound? Yeah, I have total trust in him. Um, I think, 
I uh, showed it kind of in the in the All Star game where we were talking back and forth uh, through the mic. Um, I enjoyed it as much as he did. Yeah. I remember uh, two or three days before we were like, "Are we gonna do this?" I go, "Yeah, we're gonna do this." And um, we got positive feedback from the fans. Everybody loved it. So, um, like I said, to be to be on the mound and not think about you know the situation and or what I got to throw to that hitter and him having behind and and just uh, knowing that he has my back. Uh, obviously, I felt comfortable with. And that's it. And, and there's that. I mean, the chemistry between the two of them is, is fantastic. I mean, congratulations to Jose Trevino. I mean, he had such a season, man. All-star. Did you remember the video of Aaron, Aaron Boone telling him he's going to make the All-Star game? And all of a sudden, he ends up with a platinum glove all of a sudden? I mean, this is Nestor Cortez Jr. absolutely gushing over Trevino. You know, he, he works with him every day. I mean, he's a coworker. He works with him every day, and there's nothing but great things that he had to say about him. So, you know, you've got a, a silver slugger, Jeff McNeil, and, you know, silver slugger, Aaron Judge, and and especially for Judge, you know, that's just one more thing to add to the 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 resume here for for Aaron Judge and 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 uh, the uh, what's that called? I don't want to say receipt. What's that called when you add things to to the tab? Add to the tab. So he's you know. Got a lot of awards. You know, I mean, flirting with the Triple Crown, breaking Roger Maris's American League home run record, uh, likely winning the American League MVP title for my pocketbook as well. I mean, silver slugger for the, what, the third time in his career. How much does that t- that turn into for Aaron Judge? What are, What's the dollar sign? Show me the quan. But anyway, congratulations to Jose Trevino Jr., um, just which a magical, magical season for him. Um, and you know what? He's earned it. And you know what? As much as people like to kill Brian Cashman all the time, this is when he got totally right. I mean, this guy's going to be around for how many? Two more years? Three more years, I said? Two more years of arbitration he has left. So great for him. Uh, yeah, I alluded to it. And, and we'll talk about the Nets, too, because the Nets are finally – seeming to be turning the corner here without Kyrie Irving on the on their roster, on their floor, just away from the game, and they're doing better. They're playing defense. We can talk about that. And are the New York Giants, a little bit later today, 12 hours from now, are the New York Giants headed into the quintessential trap game against the Houston Texans? I'm Daniel McCartan. We'll discuss that and more coming up next at 877-337-6666. It's your turn to cause trouble. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan in New York City. Seems as though the Brooklyn Nets have finally turned it around. And is it ironic? Isn't it ironic? Maybe we should play that song. That uh, that they're doing it without Kyrie Irving. Hmm. He's nowhere near the team. And yet, they're winning. And they're playing better. They're playing better basketball. The messaging after all of the games is we, us, you know, we help, help side. Uh, you know, all, all this stuff. It's like they're playing as a cohesive unit which doesn't seem to happen when Kyrie Irving's on the floor, does it, now? It's a little bit happier times Jacques Vaughn has, has, has cultivated in Brooklyn. 
877-337-6666. And they're enjoying the, the fruits of it. I mean, even his post-game pressers, I mean, the, the energy that he brings is just not the nasally Steve Nash. I mean, and the teams, I tell you all the time, the teams take on the personality of the manager or of the head coach, whatever. The team has taken on the personality of Jock Vaughn. Do I think he's the long-term solution at head coach? Actually, I really don't. I think he's going to be a one-and-done season, unfortunately, is how this Nets uh, foray has been. But give me a call, 877-337-6666. Also, my question is, is this a quintessential trap game for the New York Giants? Is it? We'll see. Uh, Let's go to Brooklyn, New York. Hey, speaking of, Mike, you're up on the fan. Hey, Danielle. Uh, it's Michael. First time speaking with you. I'm digging your vibe. Oh, well, thanks. Um, Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, one of the nice things about calling at this time is that it's not such a... It's what? Um, <laughs> you cut out. <laughs> We're having not, all kinds of phone not, problems tonight. What happened, Mike? It's it's what? Not all not all out of a challenge to get through, like during the day. Well, this I'm is like, just a slow calling. night here, Mike. Usually there is a challenge to get through, but I'm glad you're here tonight. What's ah. up? So I, I lucked out then. You did. Um, but I do want to talk about the Brooklyn Nets. Yeah. But um, r- r- real quick, I was just thinking about the common denominator here between Aaron Rodgers and Kyrie, uh, both just in a, in a bad way, so to speak. And these are the two individuals who were, like, adamantly opposed or, like, they were, like, such, like, anti, like, you know, vac- vacciners and whatnot. It, it just... To me, it's just like it just rang a bell. I'm like, you know, these are the two, these are these were the two guys that were like so, you know, uh, so against trying to follow what's, mm-hmm. you know, the normal, what's what's the what's the right policy um, that the CDC was uh, um, suggesting, yeah, preferring, yeah, was yeah. So, but anyway, uh, back to Brooklyn Nets. Um, yeah, whatever you said, you, you, you nailed it. I mean, that's, that's, that's just everything that I, I was thinking of as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a couple of things. Do you think that the Nets are trying to play extra hard just to ensure, like, this, this winning streak? So, like, if Kyrie is planning to come back, they're, they're Sean Marks and, and Cy would, would maybe second-guess and say, you know what, we're actually playing better and without more inspired him. basketball without him. Yes, yeah. Seth Curry's been yes, yeah, Seth Curry's been lights out and Kyrie's gonna be eating up his minutes. Mm-hmm. And I don't think you wanna sit sit Seth Curry down right now. He's right. he's on fire. I mean he looked and at the camera the and he said, I'm and I wanna say the word, but I'm mm, blanking back <laughs> he said into the camera. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, 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 that ankle surgery. But, yeah. but now he's back. Back, um, man, yes. But, yeah, and it, and it's lovely to see because I was like almost boycotting. I'm like I, I'm like unless Kyrie's off the team, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna watch them. But now I just love watching them. Um, I I know they're playing the Lakers tomorrow. I'm not sure if LeBron's gonna be back, but that should be another a, a winnable game. They don't have to travel. They're right there at the Staples Center. And the other thing is that you touched on the head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's possible one and done. But who might you think would would be at the helm? Because if Jack Vaughn does. Jack Vaughn does an incredible job, brings them, let's say, to the second round of the playoffs or yeah. perhaps even deeper, sure. which is certainly possible the way they're playing right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and just, you know, if Ben Simmons even gets even healthier and 
you know, I mean, the sky could, the sky's the limit, you know, with the team. They, I think they're playing re- really good ball. But um, who might you think would would, would, would take over? I, 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 I kind of like Jock Vaughn. I like him too. I like yeah, him. I think, I think he's, I think he, he might be the right guy. He, he's, he's excited. I, I know he played alongside. Mm-hmm. I know he played on the Nets. You know, many years back. Um, he's been an assistant coach. He knows the game inside out. The players are listening to him. There's yes. great camaraderie. Yeah, he mentioned um, something in his post game today too. How how he he made a call at one point in the fourth quarter. I, I, he didn't say what it was, and I wasn't watching too too closely. But he said he made a call, and then he went and he actually apologized to Kevin Durant for making the wrong call. And <laughs> and, and like you right. know what, a guy like Kevin Durant, I feel would appreciate something like that actually. Yeah, and the funny thing is, I mean, Steve Nash was all X's and O's, and mm-hmm. <laughs> you're, you're hilarious. You're like, yeah, nah, nah, nah. yeah, <laughs> That's he what was, he sounded he like. Was, he drove on. Yeah. Yeah, with the mask and everything. Like, you couldn't really hear what he said. It was very monotone. Exceptional player, obviously, Hall of, of Famer and all that. Yeah. But when, when it comes to head coaching, I, you know, you got to coach personalities, too. Yep. And I think it was too much of an onerous uh, task for him. Um and I, um, I really think that, that they like playing for Jock Vaughn. I, I see that the defense has really turned the corner, yes, too. Yes, They're finally. teams under 100 points, yes. I think, the last five out of six games. And to be honest with you, they had that game in Dallas, too. They were right in that game. So if, if they had won that game, we're talking about, what, seven games straight? Yep. And uh, hello, this is all without Kyrie. I, I mean, know. Hello. What's I don't the common want to denominator? See him back on the team. Right. <laughs> I know. And by the way, their last one, two, three, four, five games, they held opponents un- to under 100 points. Under yeah. 95 points, actually. Uh, under 95. You see, and I never knew that Jock Vaughn was like this defensive, like, guru. heroic <laughs> yeah. mind. Yeah, yeah, guru, exactly. But, yeah. But apparently, look on on both sides of the of the court, they're playing really good ball, and, and I like what I'm seeing. And I'll be honest with you, I know he's you know the, the unbelievable skills, the point guard, and one of the greatest ever. But I don't want to see him back. It's on the time court. to move I on. Think he's, yep. Uh, yeah, I have to move on from Kyrie. I think he's he's only going to be detrimental to the team. Yep. He just it, it's just too much. It's just too much noise, and, yep. and we don't need that. I don't think Sean Marks likes that. I don't think he wants it back. Nope. So um, I don't know how they're going to let him go easily, but you know, I, I they, I just don't want to see him back. It's like a day to day thing. I think you know, there's always a new story that, that's happening. Of course, but it's always I, I don't want to see him back. Yep, he's always got to be. And the more that the Nets keep winning, I, I think the, the less of a chance he's going to come back. Uh, you, you hope think? so. You'd hope so. And 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 my good <laughs> next sort of call. That was a good call. And and you know, before I get to the next call, Mike in Brooklyn, another Mike in Brooklyn. Um, Joe Sy told the Post on Saturday that Kyrie Irving still has work to do. That's a quote from Joe Sy, And he said he has to show people that he's sorry. What's important and what people miss is that he only apologized after he was suspended. That's something that we on this show and this listening audience, we did not miss that. Kyrie Irving apologized only after he was suspended. He was sorry that he got caught. He wasn't sorry about what he said. He got, He was sorry about he got caught. Now the Nets have won four out of their last five, the holding opponents to under 95 points, all without Kyrie Irving. The other Mike in Brooklyn, you're up on the fan. Yeah. Uh, I think the reason the Nets are winning is because they have somebody that can coach because Steve Nash was horrible as a coach. Awful. Man. Awful. So how did he ever get the job? He never had no experience. 
Yeah, well, uh, Harry, how, how, how did Aaron Boone get the job, too? He didn't have any experience either. It's just he was the hire. He was the flashy hire. He's who, you know, the Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving wanted. So that's they, they got him. Yeah, well, he couldn't coach a lick. Listen, uh, the Nets are winning because they got a good coach and they're playing defense. Yes. Defense is the key to winning a championship. Exactly. You can't win a championship without defense. Exactly. You know, and he knows the game. He coached them before. You know, you, you, you can't win a, you know, and the team is supposed to have the coach's personality. That's right. So that's the only way you're going to win. You know, that's how Parcells won. That's how all of the great coaches win. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, you know, and if Kyrie comes back, he comes back. But I'm saying the Nets got a good team. You guys, who's on there? They got 12 good players, man. You know, they bench is better than the Knicks starters. Oh, yeah. oh no. you, listen, listen. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, the the Knicks can't even win 50, 20, uh, 40 games, man. They be in the playoffs. Yeah. Oh, the, Knicks, the problem That's with the Knicks is that they're trying to run their offense still through Julius Randle, and it's just not working. That's awful. Yeah, it's just not working. He, he doesn't even need to wear the jersey he got on. That's Bernard King jersey. He don't play to them standards. Yeah, that's right. So he can change his number. <laughs> change his number and ship him out of here while you're at no, it. No, you ain't got to ship him out of there, but I'm just saying, you, you, you know. Yeah, no, I know. I know what you're saying. They, there's too much build up for him. They need somebody else. They should have got... Uh, 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 Donovan Mitchell. Yep, I know. And they didn't. They swung and missed on Donovan Mitchell. And he went. Why is it every time a player wants to play for the Knicks, they don't never get him? I know. He and that's. I was just thinking that he wanted to be here so badly. He was going to Mets games, throwing out first pitches for the Cyclones. His father works for the Mets, right? So he wanted yeah. to be here so badly. And the Knicks were like, "No, nah, we don't need you. We've got Julius Randle. We're gonna roll with him." Like what? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Well, if they was if they was playing in a forty forty seat stadium, they would have to have him. Because Dolan, as long as he get a sellout, he don't care. That's right. You got New York fans come to see the other team play; they don't come to see the Knicks. That's yep. terrible. Yep. Brutal. You know. Well, Mike, I appreciate the call. And thanks for thanks for having me call. Thank you. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> thanks for having me call. I love that. It's always awkward at the end, but but he's right. The, the Nets are playing better basketball. Because of Jacques Vaughn, yes, absolutely. He, you know, we talked about it just recently about how this Nets team—they play no defense under Steve Nash, and and I and I said it comes at practice. The will to want to play defense. I was one of those kids. I wanted to play defense. That was my specialty, and I practiced it every day. It was the grit and the want and the will and the coach that cultivated it. Although I never loved my basketball coach in high school. His daughter was on the team, and there were a lot of allowances to her and her friends. And I was a hard worker, and I didn't like it. But other than that, and a little bit of favoritism, by the way, but I was a hard worker, I played defense, and I took pride in playing defense. But that was cultivated at practice. And Steve Nash did not cultivate that at practice. And it's been for how many years have we been talking about? Well, the the Nets would just play a little bit of defense, a sliver of defense. They're going to win some games. You could score, you could have all of the scorers, and you could have a team full of Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, all the guys that can score the basketball. You could score 500 points a game, but if the other team scores 501, you lose. Finally, that message has seemed to seep through the locker room walls there in, in, in the Barclays Center. 
Maybe it's been a sage event that has happened there. Who knows? But they're finally getting the message, and they're finally, finally winning basketball games. They don't have to play at breakneck pace to score 130 points a game anymore. This is the brand of basketball that the, I was going to say New Jersey, (laughs) that the Brooklyn Nets, this is it. Cultivate it. Keep it up. And keep Kyrie Irving off the team. Look how they're doing. They don't need him. Look what they're doing without him. Talk some Giants football. Uh, Coming up next, we've got a quick break. Maybe some Jets football as well. Of course, your Yankees and your Mets calls. We're taking this to the top. Okay. Back to, I mean, back to the Nets. I mean, this team is, and and guess what? These games that they're winning, you know, 98-94. You know, they're not, I mean, they're 110-112, but but they don't need to do that if you're keeping the, the opponent down. I mean, they beat down the Knicks. Beat down the Knicks. Beat down Washington in Washington. And guess what? Kyrie Irving is not playing. Not playing. N-O-T playing Sunday at the Los Angeles Lakers. He is not playing because the owner, Joe Sy, says that he still has work to do. That indefinite suspension and the set, the, those the list of six things that he needs to do in order to get back, like a little checklist. I feel like I'm back in class. These are the six things you need to do in order to move on to the next activity, Okay. Check, 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 check. I mean, come on. This is a grown man. This is a grown man that you're you're you're, you're treating like like a kindergartner. For a guy that who I have questioned on more than one occasion, does he want to play basketball? Now, if you've got an item I itemized list of six things in front of him to complete in order to come back and play basketball, and he doesn't want to play basketball, well maybe he does one and two. And that's it. You know, Joe Sy put out a statement on Friday that said, Clara and I met with Kyrie and his family yesterday. We spent quality time to understand each other, and it's clear to me that Kyrie does not have any beliefs of hate towards Jewish people or any group. This is on a tweet, by the way. You can read it, too. The Nets and Kyrie, together with the NBA, the NBPA, are working constructively towards a a process of forgiveness, healing, and education. You know who's really high up in the NBPA? Kyrie Irving. Oh, and you know what? And, and you, it, it's got to be sickening for the teammates to have to answer to about him and to him every single game. Nick Claxton was asked about it. Kevin Durant was asked about it again. It's just exhausting. Just go away. The problem is the Nets knew what they were getting when they got him. That's the problem. All right, we'll continue the conversation, 877-337-6666. We've got a quick update and more calls in the final hour here on McCartan After Midnight on the Fan. Your official station to talk Yankees, The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Welcome back. I'm, I'm Danielle McCartney. I'm just reading a, a DM. Oh, baby. Oh, sometimes the DMs are wild. At Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N on Twitter, on Instagram, and Facebook.com slash Coach McCartney. Uh, I got a quick message from John R. 914 that says, 
How could you jinx Sauce by buying his jersey? Yeah, that that is you know something that I am concerned about. Yes, um, but I take no responsibility. I take none, no responsibility for any anything that happens to Sauce Gardner between the December eighth shipment of my jersey until the end of the season. I think he's a fantastic player. I think I'm going to get a lot of use out of that jersey. I mean, he is. I mean, first of all, Sunday Sauce is like right up my alley. So. Uh, sorry about that, but I don't. I can't tell if that was a joking DM or like a mean, threatening DM. But hey, whatever, whatever. Jets are off this week. Giants is it? Is it a quintessential trap game for these New York Giants? I mean, it could be. I mean, this Houston Texans team—they're not good. I mean, I, for. I don't even want to put this into the atmosphere here, put it into the the ether, but I'm not casting the Maloki on the Giants this weekend, believe me. But when you really sit and think about it, the one in six Houston Texans are here right now in their hotel rooms getting ready to take on the Giants, or maybe they're out partying because maybe that's what one in six last place teams might do, right? I mean, last place in the entire league, not just in their division. And the Giants with the, let's be honest, Inflated six and two record. They're coming off a bye week, one of which their one of their best defenders was in an ATV accident, which rendered him ineligible to play for the foreseeable future. Against a terrible Texans team, playing with absolutely nothing to lose, and I think the Giants are favored. I think maybe for the first or second time all year, five and a half points. Is this a quintessential trap game? I think it could be. For those reasons, and I don't know, man, any given Sunday, I just don't feel all that great about this one in my soul. I also don't want to be there in the building for the worst loss of the season for the Giants. Like, I don't want to witness uh, that on, on what's shaping up to be a fantastic day, kicking off with a Tiki and Tyranny tailgate. I mean, I don't even want to put it into the universe. So I've got the uh, the, the Mono Cornuto going on right now to defeat that Malocchio. Don't worry about it. I still am a little bit. Let's go to Ed in Sydney Center. Ed, where is Sydney Center? Danielle, it's a pleasure to speak with you. I think you are amazing at your job. Uh, I hope WFAN realizes that. Thank you. I appreciate that. But where's, Sid- some- where's Sydney Center? Is that Long Island? It's about 45 minutes east of Binghamton. Oh, okay, okay. Upstate. Okay. But I also live in New Jersey as well. Oh, gotcha. All right. Well, Life, thanks, thanks lifelong Giants fan. Sure, go ahead. Uh, for, 45 years being a Giants fan. Mm-hmm. Saw Lawrence Taylor. Saw the, all the Super Bowls. Mm-hmm. Everything. Here's what I want. I want the Giants to make a deal with Odell. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a 6-2 and two year. You don't throw a season away. We saw the Eli Manning heroics with 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 just making it barely into the playoffs mm-hmm. this is one of those shots it's a roll of the dice yep. you've got to take your shot because who knows what happens right they can beat the eagles they can beat the eagles, the eagles are not invincible yeah the eagles you know, was i just seeing i think the eagles got dashed on the ground their defense got dashed on the ground game for, for like a big chunk of yards and that yeah. just plays right I, to I the mean, giant strength no disrespect to the Eagles. I mean, they're a good team, but the, they're not un- invincible like we've seen in, like in the years past. How about when they handed the Patriots their one giant loss? I want I want Odell to come home. I want him to come home 
come back to the Giants, make a legacy. Yes, you might get a couple more dollars from Dallas or something like that. But you know what you can't you can't buy is the love of the Giant fans. Look at Michael Strahan, Phil Sims, Eli Manning, Sean O'Hara, uh, David Deal. Those are those are linemen, by the way, that have a career Chris after Snee. football. Yeah. And Odell is just turned thirty. He 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 just he just had a child eight months ago. He's got to be thinking like a man. Like, what's my career after football? Yep. Come back to the Giants, and you'll have a lifetime of love. That that that's my plea. That's my plea. I wanted to hear your reaction if I'm if I'm off base. Well, well, first of all, you mentioned David Deal. I actually texted David Deal to see if he wanted to come on tonight, and of course he's coaching. And yeah, and, and I knew he was coaching, but. He he's got like a he, he they coached he played on Thursday night and then not again till like next oh, Saturday. I, I forgot to say Tiki Barber by all. Oh yeah, my God, I That's forgot right. to say Tiki Barber. Right. I, I would never forget him. No, <laughs> no, I got you. I know it's uh it's it's hard to you know come off the top of your head, but like Odell Beckham Jr. Um, if you ask me, and we talked about it in like in in August. If you ask me in August, the answer was no. And if you ask me now. The answer is yes. I, I think Odell Beckham Jr. would be the spark that this team needs. It would it would yes. bring the Giants yes. over the hump. I, I'm absolutely on board go, with go every reunion. Yep. Go for it. End run. End of year. Who's the hot team at the end? You know, if, if Galladay can play well at the end, his career is on the line, Galladay. Yeah. Add Odell. you you got Wandale Robinson. Maybe they get some passing offense to go with Saquon Barkley. Maybe they get a spark. Who well, knows? Well, Barkley, Maybe they wind up in the Super Bowl. Ed, you know it's it's a it's not far fetched. But when you when you've got your running back as the guy who he has the most uh, what's that called receptions on your team, most targets. I'm sorry, your running back has the most targets on your team. You've got a problem. You've got it in balance somewhere. And the Giants don't yeah. have the wide receivers to make a deep run at all. It's not it's not DJ's fault. And it's not it's, DJ's fault. It's never right. been. It's never been. Exactly. You're right about that, too. How good is Andrew Thomas? That guy is the best tackle in, in the NFL, and it's, 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 it's unbelievable that the Giants would have the best tackle in the NFL. You know, it's a after. testament to the hard work, because how many phone calls did I, did I take here of people trying to, to, to run him out of town? Andrew Thomas is the greatest tackle in the NFL. Ask PFF. They did, yeah. It, it's uh, him and Tristan Wirfs. No, no, he's better than Tristan Wirfs. Tristan Wirfs is right tackle. Andrew Thomas is left tackle. Yeah, well, that's a Who big difference. Yeah, right. Well, I'm a righty, so I'd rather have my left tackle. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Daniel, it's always a pleasure to speak with you. You're doing a great job. I hope I hear more. You know, I'll call you as much as I can to support. You know, like you're awesome. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. I'll be back this time next week if you want to talk then. Let's go get the Giants win this weekend. Let's and, do it. And we'll talk again. All right, let's do it, Ed. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. So, yeah, Odell Beckham Jr. And, and listen, if you ask, like I said, if you asked me in August, the answer was no. And if you ask me now, it, it feels actually to me, it feels more like a um, like an inevitability rather than a potentiality, if that's a word, um, because he was in the building. You've got him sending these cryptic tweets, responding to Giants fans, license plate guys getting in on it. So he's got, like, he's putting these emojis, like he's got secrets and stuff. 
And, and, and I feel like the momentum is building. You know, before Adam Schefter put out a, an article and I read that that the Giants are on a short list of, I think it was 49ers, 49ers, Giants, Cowboys. There were like four teams, maybe five teams. The Giants were on there. And then in a subsequent article he wrote, Adam Schefter wrote that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to make a decision by the end of the month. Now the clock is ticked to the 13th, so we've got like two two weeks left. So then that kind of puts to focus this Thanksgiving Day game. Will Odell Beckham Jr. be on a roster of the Giants or the Cowboys on Thanksgiving, or will he wait to see the result of that game because he has made it clear that that he wants to go to a contender. And you are what your record says you are, right? The six and two Giants at this point, they're a contender. Unfortunately, so are the Cowboys and, and so are the Eagles. So, but I'm not a flip flopper. In August, Odell Beckham, no. End of discussion. Flat no. But now, yes, because the difference, the change is in August, Daniel Jones had all of his bullets in the chamber. The Giants were at full strength. They're you know, all humming on all cylinders. And now. He's got Saquon Barkley. He's got the receiver's room, which is decimated by injury. I mean, a.k.a. Sterling Shepard. And or there are players that are just not living up or playing up to the dollar signs, indicating their contracts. I mean, <clears throat> Kenny Galladay. I mean, so there's a lot of stuff going on. There's no Sterling Shepard. There, there's no um, Kenny Galladay. And... I mean, in essence, I mean, Kenny Galladay will be active. I mean, he's been out, but he, he will be active. So we'll see. But I think, I, I think it's a good idea. I, I'm, I'm, I'm with it, actually. And I can't believe I'm saying this. Really, I can't believe I'm saying it. But the Giants' needs from August when we talked about this till now. They've changed. Giants' needs have changed. And Odell Beckham Jr., I'm telling you right now, would put the Giants over the top. He said, I preached it when I preached it when this was playing out here. You know, you don't give up on talent. And that's a motto that that we as coaches I mean, we use on every single cut day of any team I've ever coached. It's like, all right, you don't give up on talent. You know, like maybe the kid's got low grades. Okay, well, you have to institute, you know, whatever you need to institute to get that kid to, to bring the grades up to play because you don't give up on talent. The kid is talented or, or, you know, hey, you know, especially with girls. I mean, high school girls, you know, sometimes they have attitude problems. Okay, but you can't cut a kid because they have an attitude problem. You coach it out of them. You know, so you just, you don't give up on talent. I said it about Odell Beckham Jr. And he is a talented wide receiver. And he was phenomenal in the playoffs for the Rams last season. I mean, against the Cardinals, against the Bucks, 49ers. I mean, in the Super Bowl too, before his ACL, you know, gave away. But go check the numbers. And as you say, like, you know, when there's, there's, there's smoke. There, there's, there's typically fire, right? Or right? Is that how that goes? I can never get that right. When there's, yeah, when there's smoke, there's fire, right? Well, one, 
he reportedly, Odell Beckham, stays in touch with the Mara family, with John Mara in particular, apparently. He was in the building like a month ago, in the training facility in East Rutherford, like, I don't know, a month ago. Um, then there was what? In August, there was a comment from a Giant fan on one of his Instagram posts. And, he, you know, he's, he's very interactive with his fans, Odell. And, and, and that's pretty cool. You know, like when I was a kid, I never got to, you know, uh, interact with any of my favorite athletes. None of them. So now you could just go on Twitter and and maybe he responds. And I'm just looking to see if there's anything brand new here. And nothing new, new that we already don't know about. But, oh, here it is. Taylor Rooks, I wouldn't call it a comeback, but I've been this guy the whole time. I'm happy. I'm just happy I'm able to remind everyone who I am. Full interview with Saquon Barkley. Someone wrote, okay, a fan wrote, there's winning, and then there's winning in New York. And then Taylor Rooks put all the eyeballs emojis, and, and Odell, this is just yesterday, Odell wrote, Taylor, don't start, but please continue with a laughing face and a popcorn. Okay. And he's just, just look through his responses. So, I mean, it's just, there's a lot of momentum building. There is. So in August, there was a comment from a Giant fan on his post. He said, come back to New York. We need you ASAP. And to that, Odell Beckham responded, quote, we'll see. I do miss my damn squad. Wanted to win a ring for that city, meaning New York. And then three, I mean, most recently, there's been, of course, there's making all kinds of uh, social media pushes. You know, the Rams players are doing it. The Cowboys players got into it, and, and there's been the push of really in the entire Cowboys nation to try to lure him to Dallas. I mean, everybody's jumping in on it. Even at FanDuel, you know, FanDuel. So somebody over there in the in the social media department, they photoshopped the FanDuel photoshopped. Odell Beckham Jr. into a, at the navy blue number three Cowboys jersey. Then you got Micah Parsons quote tweeting it and saying and, and tagging Odell in it and said, man, OBJ, talk to me. Let's do this. And then there was a curse word. It started with the, an S. And then he put two lion emojis. And then Odell responded to that tweet and said, LOLOLOL, you know, like you did when you are in middle school. He said, you tell me. You know all the fam on my daddy's side down there. I'm just trying to win wherever I go. And that's how Odell Beckham responded to Micah Parsons. I mean, even the owner's getting in on it. I mean, Jerry Jones said in a radio interview that the Cowboys star, quote, could look pretty good on Odell. And I I got some audio from, I don't know if you saw it, it was from the SNY Giants account. And it was Saquon Barkley telling reporters that he doesn't need Twitter to recruit Odell Beckham Jr. back to New York because he was at Odell's birthday party during the bye week. And to me, I don't know, that sounds like a scouting reconnaissance meeting. So here is what Saquon had to say about his trip to see his buddy Odell to celebrate his birthday party. He knows how I feel. He knows how we feel in the locker room. Um, I got, I've said before, he's a heck of a player. I'm more just 
not saying word, more focus on him, just continue attacking the rehab, get ready. Um, you know, he's, he's a special player and still got a lot left in the tank. And I know I know how he's already with his mindset, uh, going at this rehab and you know, when he gets when he do able to when he's able to come back, um, you know, he's gonna show his skill set. Yeah, and then Barkley added personally and thanks for that sus. That was uh, SNY, courtesy of SNY, but Barkley added personally, I think it would be a great story to come back to a place you were at before. I mean, the the story literally, practically writes itself. I mean, Odell's a father now, so I assume that he's mellowed out a little bit from his field goal kicking net days. So again, the timeline that he's put on this is the end of the month. Will Odell Beckham Jr. be on a team before Thanksgiving? Actually, I, th- I think so. I think he, knowing Odell Beckham Jr., the way we here in this market know him, I do not think that he is going to let the chance go to have a national audience watching him on Thanksgiving Day, Giants, Cowboys, national audience, to show the country and the world that he is back. So I am really thinking that the reunion with the Giants is inevitable. I think when he was here, he was meeting with the GM, who was playing coy about it as well. And I think, ultimately, and I said this last week, and I'll stand by it again this week, ultimately, we talked about it a little bit tonight, I think that's probably why the Giants at the trade deadline did nothing to address a position at wide receiver where even casual fans of the team know that they need help at in the worst way. So why give up assets to trade for somebody when you can have a Super Bowl winning wide receiver in a reunion scenario who is familiar with the personnel in the building, the players on the team as well, hey, you can just have them join you down the stretch for just money and prorated money at that, which I know the Giants only have about $2.5 million left on this year's books as it stands right now, so they're going to have to get a little bit creative, but a prorated salary for Odell Beckham Jr. starting in week what? What would that be? Week uh, 11? Yeah, all right. And make a run at it. Odell Beckham Jr. would be an absolute game changer for this New York Giants team. 877-337-6666. I'm Daniel McCartan with you till 2 when Mike Flegelman comes your way here on The Fan. Be the ball. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan in New York City. As we roll through till 2 a.m. I feel like I'm freestyling. Mike Fliegelman comes your way then. I've got, uh, wow, uh, this uh, this 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 person won't call in, but they'll hide behind a, a, a Twitter moniker uh, with a logo as as the photo here. Oh, and by the way, wait, before I would do that, uh, John R., when he says, I hope you didn't drink sauce by buying his jersey, he said, all in fun. So we have an update from John R., it's just in fun. I mean, this guy is writing. I, I wish he would just pick up the phone and call me at Montauk NYC. Last I checked, Montauk wasn't in New York City, the city city center. But 
basically, I'm going to summarize this. This isn't Daniel Jones's fault. He isn't a solid or a good quarterback. Daniel Jones isn't the answer. The GM and the head coach didn't draft this guy. Blah, 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 blah. Why trade for a wide receiver when the quarterback isn't? And he put a poop emoji once again. Oh, wow, wowie, wowie. Dinks, dunks, run Saquon to the ground. Quarterback rushing 10 times per game. Has one bomb attempt. Blah, blah, blah. Let me show me the stats, though, first of all. Okay, here's what I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you that when you look at, there's a neat little number, Mr. Montauk, that um, incorporates all of the different, I don't know, statistics into one very neat number, and it's called a quarterback rating. Quarterback rating, okay? And despite the fact that, that Daniel Jones is essentially playing with rookies and or practice squad wide receivers, essentially, and his number one targeted guy is, unfortunately, his running back. And not unfortunately for Saquon, but I'm just saying, unfortunately, you know, quarterback rating. Look down the list. Tua, he's first. Mahomes, two. Allen, three. Geno Smith, four. Go down just a little bit more. You'll find the name Justin Herbert. He's a pretty good quarterback, right? Joe Burrow? He's a pretty good quarterback, right? And right in between the both of them, Daniel Jones, New York Giants. Daniel Jones so far this season is playing better than, oh, I don't know, Justin Field, Jared Goff, Tom Brady, Trevor Lawrence, Kirk Cousins. I mean, go, Andy Dalton, go down the list. Zach Wilson, Kyler Murray. He's playing better than all of Aaron Rodgers, all of them, all, all of them. There are only 11 guys that are playing better than Daniel Jones right now, and they have wide receivers that can catch the ball for him. Daniel Jones doesn't. The drops, the amount of drops, I wish I could find it quickly, the amount of drops per team given up. Because when you look at his next-gen stats for both last year and for this year, he is, like right now, almost double league average on, on balls thrown 20 yards or more to the left side of the field. He's above league average on balls thrown 20 or more yards on the right side of the field. 20 points higher in quarterback rating. Problem is, no one can get down there for him to throw it to him. Offensive line can't hold up long enough for him to throw it to him. I would venture to guess it. I, I can't find it right this second right now. Uh, I can look for it. I'd venture to guess that, that he is one of the quarterbacks that have the least amount of, of, of time from snap to, 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 to throw in the league. Andrew Thomas has been playing great. It looks better than what it's been, but it's still not great. So for the for the third, fourth, whatever it is, I mean, the guy has a, has a, had a brand-new offensive coordinator for almost every single year he's been there. Brand-new head coach for almost every single year he's been there. I think, I think he's playing pretty damn good. I think he's playing pretty damn good for, for given what's out there. Six and two in the playoff hunt, November 13th. Nothing more you can ask. He, he has cleaned up his act in the fumbles, all that, et cetera, et cetera. To Staten Island, we go at 877-337-6666. Ray, you're up next here on The Fan. Thanks, Danielle, for taking my call. Thanks for making it. 
Uh, I got to hold my nose, Danielle. I, I'm just not thrilled about how getting Eldell Beckham back as a giant. A man is a head case. He's already messed. His he's already torn up his ACL twice. The same the same knee. I'm just uh, how- I'm just worried about him. I you know I know we need a receiver. Yeah. I just does. Let me ask you a question. There's got to be some uh, some receivers out there that were cut in the early in August that were cut that are just sitting at home on the sofa waiting to get a call. Nobody's out there. If they were out there, wouldn't you think they'd be on this team as soon as uh, Sterling Shepard went down? Yeah. I just I just have serious reservations, and I I remember him kicking the net. I remember him playing for the Cleveland Browns wearing a three hundred thousand dollar watch. The man's a head case, and uh, until he proves otherwise, I'm just you know I'm just very reluctant to bring him back. All right, but what about his time with the Rams? What about he's a father now? He's matured. Yeah, and yeah, he's a father now. He's matured. Yes, yeah, supposedly. I just um, I don't know. I I, I just. I'm just I'm just surprised that there's nobody out there that can I mean that can catch a ball. I mean, these are receivers. They're paid to catch the ball. Yeah. Uh, it's it's just mind-boggling. Uh, I'm sorry. I mean, mind-boggling. But I know here I'm looking at uh just close the tab by accident, but I'm looking at 2022 available free agent wide receivers. And And this is on spottrack.com. And, and I don't know if they've even updated this, uh, quite honestly. I'm just going to read you what I'm looking at. Right. Available players, 183 of them. Okay. Will Fuller, T.Y. Hilton, Cole Beasley, Emmanuel Sanders, Alan Hearns, Deshaun Jackson, Danny uh, Amendola, Mohamed Sanu. That's interesting. C.J. Board. I mean. And Giants can't get can't pick up one or two of these guys? I mean. Jesus. I mean, I uh, I know the man is incredibly talented, but I'm just, you know, my uh, my main concern, honestly, is that ACL. That's my main, the same one that he sure. he ruptured already. Sure. Um. And and and, and um, obviously, I don't know Eldell Beckham Jr. But and and obviously, the videos that they post online are very different than than actual gameplay. I get it. By the way, he looks have, good though. By the way, have they have have they tested his leg? Is it? I mean. Has he gone th- gone through routines and practices? Is well, it- he's po- he's been posting videos up online, and and he looks great. I mean, he with weights, one leg, jumps, this and that, and and I, I understand that's not game like, and maybe that's what he was there for a, a month ago. Maybe they were checking him out. I don't I don't know. Well, I don't, I don't know. know if any team has checked him out yet. I don't know. I, uh, I I'm know. just I'm just shocked that of all the re- the, the quality receivers out mm-hmm. there, the beginning of the year that were cut. Because of requirements, team requirements, no one's on a, on a sofa there, sitting, waiting by the phone, waiting for a call. Yeah, I know. Anyway, listen, Daniel, I enjoy, really enjoy your show, and thank you for taking my call. Yeah, thanks for making it there, Ray. And, and, and I understand. I understand the trepidation of of what happened here. You know, peeing like a dog on a fire hydrant for a, 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 cerem- a touchdown celebration. I mean, I get it. I get all of that. The reality is, six and two, he can really put you over the top in a playoff push. Deal with him for a couple weeks. You're not signing him long term. See what happens. Because cause the question you have to sit back, large pitcher, and, and think: Have you made a, an adjudication on the quarterback yet? If you're the Giants, and if you have, and the answer is yes, then fine. 
But if, if you have and the answer is no, then who, who else is out there? There's only 11 quarterbacks better than him in terms of quarterback rating. Is it in the draft? I mean, I haven't done my draft homework yet. We'll see. I mean, I don't I don't know, man. 877-337-6666. I think it's a good fit. I actually think it's a really good fit. And, I mean, I, I got to tell you something, too. And I'm going to the Giant game later today. I'm going to the Tiki and Tierney tailgate later today. I just happened to have tickets for this game, and it just worked out. But I, um, this past Sunday, I don't know if anything's going to top that, <laughs> that Jet game that I was at. I mean, it had to have been one of, if not the best professional football game I've ever been at. I mean, first of all, the Jets, David, took on the Bills, Goliath, and in that very moment, slayed Goliath with a sling. I mean, Nicki Minaj couldn't have rapped about it better. Michelangelo couldn't have sculpted it any better. But flip it and reverse it. We had a fantastic lower-level seats, courtesy of the website Jet Nation. I have to give them a shout-out. They invited us to their tailgate. We were invited by the Marty Lyons Foundation to stop by the Gary V tailgate. We tried out all the salute-to-service military things that they had set up. Greg Buttle hooked us up with coaches' club wristbands, and I got a Jets T-shirt handed to me by the guy who, who shoots them with the cannon. I mean, in no way could Sunday have gotten any better. I mean, and, and remember last year's Bills game at MetLife Stadium? How could I forget? I mean, I went with my Bills fan friend, Christina, from Vegas, and it was a miserable time. And it wasn't even that close. I mean, the Jets didn't score a touchdown to the fourth quarter. Final score, 45-17, and it wasn't even that close. So she was supposed to come out again, and she didn't make it, but I guess she knew the Bills were going to lose, and that's why she stayed home. I mean, I would have loved for her to have been there last week with me at that game, but I'm just hoping for the same from the Giants later today. Um, I have I have a good feeling that it's it's going to be a great time. Tiki and Teal, Tierney tailgate at 10. Ooh, that's like a tongue twister. We're meeting a friend in Lot D, maybe also in Lot J. We'll see the time. And there's going to be that flyover of the F-18s, which I love flyovers. are my favorite. And I hope to meet you there, whether that's at the tailgate, in the parking lot, or inside the stadium. And, um... I mean, I, listen, I'm just going through the, the website, Track. I told you it wasn't going to be updated. So no angry tweets, I, I promise. But um, I just, oh, man, I don't know. It's just, uh, just excited. I just like going to things. This would be my second Giant game of the year. Second Giant game? Yeah, second Giant game, and I went to two Jet games. It's like I almost have, like, season tickets. <laughs> Imagine that, like a hybrid. I was thinking about that, a hybrid season ticket plan. I'm also looking at going to the Jets-Lions game on the December 18th, I think it is. Um, but I'll get back to you on that because I'm waiting on my one friend. She's from Michigan, and she's a Lions fan. So um, just waiting on the green light for her to say, yeah, we're going, and then we'll, we'll do the tickets. We'll buy the tickets there. So I'll keep you updated. Sounds like it might be a yes. Just uh, Just waiting. I like to do. I like to go, do, see, and everything. And, of course, um, I was texting with Misha Tate last night, and uh, I was like, man, I really wanted to go to that UFC fight at the Garden, but but I'm working. You know? Apparently, there were some really good fights based on the, the little clips I'm seeing on Twitter, which obviously don't do it justice. But um, she was like, always working. Yeah, I know. I'm always working. 
Uh, Steven Manieri's checking in. He said, he said, great show tonight, Coach McCartan. Dear Santa, WFAN, I guess that's Santa. He said, give Coach McCartan the weekday overnight. Oh, my God. Here we go. Well, thank you, Steve. I appreciate that. Steven, Steven Manieri. Manieri. Sorry, there's no extra I in there. Anyway, so, um, so I said, if we could do a quick break here, I'll get my Giants prediction uh, loaded up and ready to go. And, of course, uh, more of your calls as we round out the show at 877-337-6666. You want Odell Beckham Jr. back on the Giants? You think the Giants are going to pull this one off? Give me your calls. Again, 877-337-6666. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till 2 when Mike Fliegelman comes your way then. Your official station to talk Giants. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on The Fan in New York City as we wind down as the clock ticks towards 2 o'clock. And this guy's like harassing me. Sus, this guy's like harassing me on Twitter. He won't call. He's a keyboard warrior. That's what we call those, keyboard warriors. Calling me defending a bust quarterback. Huh. There isn't a team that would trade for him. Well, you don't know. You don't know that. Guess what? He's going to be a Giants quarterback next year. Six and two team. It's because of Daniel Jones, and you know it, Coach. Yeah, the six and two. Yeah, the quarterback has 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 done that. Come on. If you want to be, listen. If you want to be, a, I'm talking to this guy directly now through the radio. Isn't that crazy? Twitter warriors. Go ahead, give me a call. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six six six. Happy to debate that with you live here on the air. But for the listeners, it gets a little boring when um, when I'm talking to uh, a, a faceless, nameless guy on Twitter. So, sorry. Or girl. <laughs> I don't even know. So, uh, there's that. But the Jets had that thrilling upset victory over the Bills. Jets are on a bye. So, let's do some Giants predictions here. And, of course... I want to hear yours. You know, I, I, this is this is not just me. This this is you telling me also what you think. So, in uh, what I can't ever do math on on the fly here. Less well, let's just say less than twelve hours, eleven hours ish. The one six, I believe in one one six and one, Houston Texans at the six and two New York Football Giants. We'll kick off at MetLife Stadium. Yes, again, I'll be there. So here's what I'm kind of expecting. The Giants' ground game is obviously really good. I mean, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones. I mean, that's obviously going to be the game plan. I mean, 2022 Saquon Barkley has been amazing. I mean, averages like 97 yards a game on the ground. I think it's something like, I don't want to, 40, I think maybe. Uh, in the air, and he leads the Giants in targets. We talked about that multiple times tonight. Then you've got 2022 Daniel Jones, who has also been good, okay? It's like people would, like, instead of, like, uh, acknowledge the good and the and improvement that the kid has made uh, with all the change going on around him, I mean, people are just, they, they made an adjudication on him long ago, and that's it. They're sticking to it. 45 yards a game on the ground the guy's got. And, and the thing is, the Houston Texans have a horrible, horrible run defense. Like, bad. 
So I, I'm going to tell you the few bets that I made too, because I just, you know, I like being there and celebrating with the people, you know, in case I, I, I do win one, which doesn't always happen, of course. But that's the fun in it. It's a little, it's just fun. It's just fun. It's not a job. It's not a chore. Just fun. But um, it's like, uh, oh, we'll talk about Jones in a minute. But so then you got the Giants' run defense is not great either, though. And you got this rookie running back, Damian Pierce, for the Texans. I mean, he, he he's the one. He is the one who went off against the Eagles last week. So I, 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 I want Giants fans to remember that blueprint, that the Eagles are susceptible on the ground. You know, when an offense runs into their defense rather than passes it. So that's, that's a favorable blueprint for the New York Giants. So remember that. And then you got Davis Mills. He's got an 81 rating so far this season. 81. It's not too good. And the Giants' pass defense has been very good. So I think it's going to be a tough day for Mills. And because there's thing, like, there's something I saw that the Giants blitz. Blitz. Like bring a blitz 43% of the time. Not just with the front, you know, front couple. No, this is an actual blitz package. Forty-three percent of the time, you know that it's it's a Wink Martindale defense. You knew that coming into it, right? It's the most in the NFL, which you knew that too. Probably you didn't have to look it up to know it. And then I haven't seen anything. And let me just do a quick Twitter search in case something did come out because it's hard to keep on track of everything when you're doing a show unless someone sends it to you. But we haven't talked about Brandon Cooks yet. Um. Nothing I'm seeing new. But if you saw something, please tag me in it, uh, if he's going to be playing or not. My impression, I don't think so. Um, He's unhappy. He wanted to be traded, and he wasn't. And is he playing later today? I mean, I, no one really knows. I just checked Twitter. No reports, right? I have. I didn't see any. But the official and the final... Texans, Houston Texans injury report officially listed him as questionable with what they're calling a wrist injury. A wrist. So he did not practice on Wednesday and he was limited on Thursday and he was limited on Friday. So I'm just going to go ahead and guess that that no, he's not going to play. And that that's great news for the Giants. Brandon Cooks might not be playing. Fantastic. Even better. So before when we were talking about how this could be a quintessential trap game. I mean, for the reasons being that, like, wait a second. The Giants coming off a bye. The Texans, I mean, they're they're right here, here. Or maybe they're in their hotel rooms or maybe they're out partying because that's what last place teams do, right? They, they, they don't care. They go out. Good. Go to the city. Go. I mean, they're not just last place in the division. They're last place in the entire league, with, like, no hope, you know? There's, like, just no hope. You know, we've been there. Well, we've been there in this town, this football town. So, I don't know. It's I, I agree it's an inflated 6-2 and two record, but, hey, your records are, you are what your record says you are. Giants are coming off a of bye week. One of their best defenders is in an ATV accident in Cabo San Lucas. He can't play for the foreseeable future. Then you, but then you got this this Texans team coming in. They are playing with absolutely nothing to lose. Nothing. They don't care. They don't even care if they lose the game. 
And uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I thought I heard Tiki and Tierney saying the Giants were favored for the first time all year. I thought they were favored in at least one more game, but it's at five and a half points. Is it a trap game? It could be. It could be. And the Giants need that. And the Giants need this game because when you look at their upcoming schedule, which we did before, gets real tough real fast. Two games against the Eagles and against the Cowboys as well. Vikings are considered a uh, a formidable opponent as well. So it's like, okay, the Giants need this game. They need the Lions game as well. And, I, and it's you know any given Sunday, it helps that I guess it's in this building in MetLife Stadium and for the first time, like probably ever. There's been some sort of a little bit of a home field advantage in that building, which is, we could talk about that another time, but I don't feel great about this one in my soul, honestly. And I don't even want to put it out into the universe, but because I had like a little heart, soul, like mind confliction here about how I wanted to put this score prediction out there. And, um, <sighs> Uh, Giants five and a half point favorites, as that one commercial says, overdogs. So the Giants are five and a half point overdogs. And despite feeling in the depths of my soul that this is a trap game, I am, my mind convinced me to pick the New York Giants. I'm going Giants, New York Giants 24, Houston Texans 13. New York Giants, 24, Houston Texans, 13. And and I'm going to post this up. And, of course, no criticism allowed until you post your own scores. And then all of a sudden, the criticism stops on the posts. All of a sudden, boom, it's gone. So, Giants, 24, Texans, 13. I almost wanted to go lower on the Texans score, but I was like, eh, nah, better be... Nah, I'm going to keep it right where it's at. 24-13. So I made a couple bets, I told you, so here they are. And somebody was asking me about them on the pre-show check-in on Instagram that I did. Um, I had a $20 free bet from one of the apps, so I used it on a create-your-own four-leg parlay. It was expiring, so I had to use it, and I was like, all right, well, let me just use it while I'm at the Giant game. So four legs. Number one, Giants money line. Number two, Barkley anytime touchdown scorer. Number three, Jones anytime touchdown score because we just saw I just told you how bad the Houston Texans run defense is and then this was the one that kind of bumped it up a little bit one fumble lost in the game doesn't matter if it's the Giants or the Texans one fumble lost so I got that at plus 675 which is a good little sweet spot and then these are like these are the ones that are just like out there in left field (laughs) Saquon Barkley three or more touchdowns Three or more touchdowns. That's kind of how bad the Texas run defense is, right? Especially especially the run defense. So that was at plus 1,500. Then I did a little, another little parlay action. I'm like, well, maybe Barkley, they're not going to give it to him three times. Let me cover my butt here, and I'm going to say, okay, Barkley, two or more touchdowns. Jones, anytime. So one touchdown for, for, for Jones. That was 17, plus 1,704. I know these are a lot of numbers, but those are, like, obviously long shots. And I've been, like, kind of close on the Giants' scores all season, really. I almost I almost nailed the one. I think I was off by one point on both scores. So I was like, you know what? Put up or shut up. I'm going to do it. So I put uh, 
I forget how much I put a little, little amounts. I'm not betting. I'm betting like $10 max. So if it's 10, it's 10. If it's not, it's like five. But for the first time all year, because I've been close all year. I did the final score. Giants 24, Texans 13. And that was plus 14,000. Yeah, I think I did $10 on that one because that ends up being like 1,400 bucks. Can you imagine? (laughs) Can you imagine? So, like I said, when I was telling you about the, 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 the long-term bets that I make, the futures bets, I do do better on futures bets than I do on, like, these daily bets. I might not win any of it. And you know what? It's okay. It was only, like, 30 bucks. That's, that's fine. For me, that's fine. 30 bucks. It was fun. You know, I was in it. I keep track of the game, watching it extra closely. Fine. I'm fine with that. But uh, and the other bet I made was uh, Brian Dable, Coach of the Year. And, I, of course, Nick Sirianni comes out of nowhere. But if the Giants beat the Eagles, oh, baby. Because what happened was, and this happened to me when the I had the, the Bucks winning the Super Bowl that year, that the year that they did win. It was St. Patrick's Day, and I was in my kitchen, and I accidentally pressed it twice, maybe even three times it went through by accident because it didn't look like it was going through. So I was like, oh, that's weird. Boom, hit it again. Oh, that's weird. Hit it again. Boom. So I had, like, I won like $777 or something on the Bucks winning the Super Bowl by accident. Because I woke up the next morning, I was like, oh, man. Well, it's destiny. It went in a few times. And I tell you that to tell you this, that I actually did the same thing again with Brian Dable winning coach of the year. Did it again. I did it twice. So I actually have two bets in Brian Dable winning coach of the year. Hey, let's see. Let's see what happens. Got to be in it to win it, right? Yeah, Powerball, which we all did not win, right? In it to win it, huh? Well, thanks to all of the callers. Could not have done this without you. And I love coming here and talking with you each and every week. If you missed any portion of today's show, it's that Odyssey Rewind feature on the app. Select the start of the show, which was 10 p.m. And a great job to Paul Rosenberg earlier behind the glass and to Susumu Araki Sus and to uh, Jack Stern on the updates. So I will see you in just a few hours. I'm going to get home real quickly. Reds in Karlstadt. 10 a.m. Tiki and Tyranny tailgate. I'll be there. And then next Saturday, I think it's after Rutgers, Michigan State. I'll, I'll let you know. I don't. We don't know yet what time that is. In the meantime, Coach McCartan on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook.com slash Coach McCartan. We'll keep the conversation going. Mike Fliegelman next here on The Fan. 1019 FM.